Hello, welcome back. It's time for a bit of talking bollocks. Yes, it's a bit of bollocks. Get some bollocks in your ears. Yes, my name is. Yes, I've said yes enough. <laughs> it is Howard H. Smith. I am lead singer of Acid Rain UK thrash band. You can get us at acidrain.co.uk, Acid Rain UK AC on Twitter, on Facebook, keithplatt.co.uk, Keith Platt on Twitter, on Facebook. That's by me doing stand-up. That's me doing the band. And here is the podcast. The lovely, the beautiful Talking Bollocks, Get Some Bollocks in Your Ears, is here for you once again. But so nearly it wasn't. Oh yes, um, about this far into the original intro, when I originally tried to do this podcast back in on Friday, it is now Tuesday, um, on Friday it took, it, yeah, uh, the laptop went down and it's never been back since. I am recording this on a tiny little um, old Windows um, tablet, which I'm expecting to crash any minute. There is only one gig of space on the hard drive, despite the fact there's hardly anything on it. I don't know where the fucking data is, but anyway. Um, hopefully I can get, I've, I've had to get, um, I've had to get Pete from the band has managed to convert all of the large uh, wave files that I record interview as because that's how they get recorded for interviews and I've converted them he's converted them down to mp3s for me to send them back so I've got room on this fucking thing to actually pull this off so anyway let's see if we can get this shit on the road hey let's just forget about moaning about technology and all that crap and let's get on with life so um uh, what's been going on um well uh, quite a lot but i just the, there's there's no there is no place to start there is absolutely no place to start other than my mate andy sneep is in judas priest <laughs> how mad is that honestly um as soon as i heard i was straight on whatsapp to him and we were um uh, yeah, we were messaging away like a, a, a couple of kids. He is, I mean, I'm so pleased with me. I've known, I've known Andy for over 30 years. I'm, apologies if I've told this story, uh, you know, before, but you're gonna hear it again. It's a good story. Tough shit. Okay. Well, it, it is what it is. Anyway, I, I was a, um, I was a, uh, a guest, a surprise guest, because the whole thing was a surprise. Andy Sneeps. Uh, surprise 18th birthday party. Um, first night met Lawnmower Death. First night, uh, yeah, we, we played with Death Angel the following down, the following day in the Astoria. So we kind of went via Nottingham, went to the party, all crashed in the van, and then went to the gig. Well, we didn't all crash in the van. That's a long story. I'm not going to get into it. But anyway, um, I mean, Andy and I actually started writing to each other, um, I think before either of our albums were out, you know, we, we, we both, we, we both knew we'd been signed. We both knew who we were. Um, he was the main man. He was the main man in Sabbath. I, I seem to be the main man in Acid Rain. Main man as in like, you know, from a, from a business organizing, etc. point of view. Um, and we, we bonded straight away over that. Um, in fact, before the word bonded even meant what it does now, back then it was just, it was just perv stuff. But now, you know, you can bond all the time. Bonding is fine. Bonding back then was specifically, re you know, the preserve of pieces of wood that you would bond together using glue. Good old fashioned, uh, male glue. Now, now that sounds completely wrong. Um, <laughs> 
sticking sticking bits of wood together with male glue is yeah it's just no copy decks oh horrible anyway um so yeah so uh, tangent fans one early for you um yeah so we we we've always had this this kind of dialogue and we've stayed in touch over the years um and then to to be having this conversation with him whereby he is in Judas Priest for fuck's sake is just insane it is just absolutely insane um but awesome you know in in insanely insanely awesome um and just really 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 pleased for him um talked about a lot of stuff he told me a lot of interesting stuff about how it's all come about and everything else which i can't go into um but needless to say he got straight in there for the guest list um we'll be looking to get andy and the metal god that is rob halford on the podcast um because that's the only way i'm going to get anywhere that's it's clinging on to the coattails of people that i know who are more successful than me so you know hopefully that's um that's a route to go down but yeah just incredibly incredibly um pleased randy it's 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 fucking amazing um i'm not say i'm not going to say it couldn't have happened to a nicer guy because there are lots of people i know who are nicer than andy <laughs> no i'm only joking um no, I mean, it, it thoroughly deserved. He'll do an awesome job. He'll do, he'll, he'll be ultimately professional. Um, he's, he's, he's the man. He's the absolute man for that job. And it is awesome. Although, admittedly, KK Downing has come out and, um, uh, yeah, use, use this as a little bit of a, a little bit of a throwing toys out a pram session for him about, you know, oh, well, I wasn't asked back in. It's like, well, you know, Dude, you did you did leave seven years ago, um, and when you leave a band, whether you are apparently he is still legally a member and all the rest of it, but when when you leave a band, you leave a band. People, it's the only way I can describe it is is very much like um, you can be work friends with people, and I say this all the time, but you know, listening to this, how many of you over the years have collected? work friends that you still consider friends and are into and I don't just mean on social fucking media but people that are in your life that you'll go for a beer with and stuff like that who you once worked with it's it's a very small number because invariably you know you've you, all you've got in common is work you come from different parts of wherever it is you know you don't live in each other. it's it's another version of school it's like school friends you leave school you know you you drift apart from your school friends if you if if you know if, if you're not from that area or whatever, I'm fucking getting so complicated here. Um, the point I'm making is that, um, like I said, you know, you can have somebody who's really great, really great mate at work, but then when they leave work, it's it's just seems harder to somehow find time to associate, to find harder to find time to um, to just be friends, and and they go by the wayside. And it's the same with bands, except with bands, there's more of a kind of like. When people leave a job, it's like, oh, yeah, fair enough. But when people leave a band, no matter how it goes, there's always going to be some kind of, mm, yeah, whatever, fuck off. You know, it's it, it, because it's the, des- it's the, it's, it's the dissolving of a relationship that is more than just a working relationship. I know people say, oh, like being in a band is like being married. No, it's not. It's like being married to four other people. It's like polygamy. It's not like being married. Um, and and so hence there there is that kind of emotional kind of reaction that that 
yeah, is is kind of I suppose to be expected from KK. I'm not I'm not calling him out and saying like that you know. Um, it, it's it's yes yeah it's just he's come out and said that he's surprised that he wasn't asked back in. I'm I'm surprised he's surprised because um, it is a little bit like well once you've st- you know once somebody poke once you've poked somebody in the eye they're never going to come they're never going to ask you to come back and poke the other eye are they? Um, that kind of makes sense, doesn't it? That is some sort of twisted talking bollocks logic there. It sort of makes sense while not making sense at all. Well, anyway, look, let me just, let me close off this opening saga with, I'm very pleased for my mate Andy. All right? That is awesome. And, um... So what else happened? Uh, happened? What, what else happened? I'm, I'm now replacing the A and happened with E. Happen. Oh, did it so happen that we were to do this this evening? Anyway, um, uh, I bumped into Bruce again. Um, Mr. Dickinson, um, lead singer of, uh, popular beat combo Iron Maiden. And it's amazing. I mean, I've obviously explained the first time I met him and what a shit show it was. And um, the weird thing is, this time, I saw him, and literally, I looked up and just thought, oh, it's that arsehole again. And that was it. I was literally, like, you know, full on, I'm going to meet one of my heroes when I met him a few weeks ago, and he turned out to be a dick. And all of that, all of that um, excitement, all of that, you know, sort of worship, if you like, all that, gone absolutely gone i just saw him and just thought oh it's oh it's him again and walked past him and carried on doing what i was supposed to be doing and i just remember thinking well that's the end of that then yeah guess it is so um yeah amazing first time i met him thought wow incredible couple of weeks later i'm like it's that dick again see that dick shown up Anyway, um, now look, I might be a little bit late to the party on the, on, on what I'm gonna, um, talk to you about now. Oh, actually, no, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll mention that in a bit. Um, so what else has been going on in the world of heavy metal? Um, James Hatfield is going to be acting in the movie Extremely Wicked, Shocking, Evil and Vile. That's not a review, apparently, that's what it's called. Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil and Vile. So, um, not a review of some, uh, of some kind of monster. Um, but however, this movie is directed by Joe Berlinger, one of the co-directors from some kind of monster. Um, the other one, of course, of course, who unfortunately has since died. Um, so Hetfield has decided he's going for it. He's, he's, he's getting his acting chops on, you know? Um, uh, he's done the old, um, uh, he's done the old voiceover. For the, um, for the porn documentary, Is Porn an Addiction? Which, uh, you know, it isn't. And I was really saddened by Mr. Hetfield's lending of voice talents to that. But anyway, um, so yeah, he's, he's moving into acting and using, you know, using his connections. And that's, I, I just think it's interesting. You know, is that something that later in life, he's, cause he's done a, he's done a few, um, uh, cameos and stuff like that. And then he did the voice, uh, he did a, a, some voice acting on, um, um, American Dad. But this is the first actual proper acting. I'm just wondering, you know, if this is something he's thinking of moving into in the future or doing more of. Yeah, maybe I'd be 
quite interesting. Having said that, on the flip side of that um, Metallica coin, uh, Lars has been making it clear that um, he's, I quote, not interested in ability. Well, right, okay. Um, all drumming in time, apparently, um, according to... Um, According to several people who went to see Metallica at the O2 in London on the last tour, song having to be stopped. In fact, it was Malcolm Doan who mentioned it on the Christmas um, specials. You know, James Hetfield having to stop the song and say, Lars, pick a time and we'll play it in that. Yeah, there is not being concerned with ability and there is failing to play the songs in time. And when people have spent over £100 each... I'm sorry, I think that takes priority. I think you need to be looking, Lars, at some ability, yeah? Because you've got very little, so you probably need to practice more than someone, say, like, I don't know, uh, Dave Lombardo or um, Dave Grohl or any other Daves out there, any other drumming Daves out there. Uh, of course, now I'm trying to think, because of my twisted brain, I'm now trying to think of a load of drummers called Dave. Um, and I'm sure you're shouting them out at the, uh, you know, as you're travelling along doing whatever you're doing. I still can't think of another drummer called Dave McLean. There we go, Dave McLean, Machine Head. This is now ridiculous. This is now me playing a game with you guys who I can't see, but I'm trying to... Oh, yeah, look, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, I mean... It's it's almost like he keeps wanting to say in public, look, I know I'm shit, you know, but he also says, oh, well, I, I know what goes best with James uh, Hetfield's guitar better than anyone else. And it's like, yeah, wow. So basically, you you know, you're saying what we've all thought for years. You're nothing without James. Simple as that. You are nothing without James because uh, everyone else knows that you're not a very good drummer. Um, and I look, I know there's some Lars fans out there, but he makes your life more and more difficult and your position harder and harder to defend when he comes out with shit like this. Anyway, moving on, moving on to another partnership in a band, eh? Another person stuck with another person. In this case, it's Paul Stanley. And he's stuck with who? Who could he possibly be stuck with little bollockers of course he's stuck with the badly torn the badly drawn toy gorilla that is gene simmons yes the man who claims i'm a handsome and powerful man well you might be powerful but gene if i was a woman i'd rather fuck a wooden spike jesus christ anyway um yeah, uh, so Paul and um, Gene have been... Uh, well, Paul's basically hauled Gene back in line um, because uh, he's claimed about, you know, some song or other. It's great. You, you hear hear these stories from Gene. And I'm, I know... Look, I know I hate Kiss, and I, I, I've been accused recently of being obsessed with Paul Stanley. Okay, sorry, Paul Stanley, with Gene Simmons. I am not obsessed with Gene Simmons, and I am not obsessed with Kiss. But Gene keeps saying really stupid fucking stuff. And that comes in really handy when you've got a podcast to do. Simple as that. That's all I'm saying here. But so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not in the least obsessed with Gene Simmons. Promise. OK, honestly. Um, 
But in all seriousness, uh, he's, yeah, he's had to give him a yank back in line after Gene came out with some wonderful story about how wonderful the, the, um, uh, this song was to write and all the rest of it. <laughs> and then Paul just goes, well, yeah, I mean, he says, he says that he kind of took a song I hadn't kind of finished and then, and, 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 and finished it for me. Well, I had the verses, I had the title and I had the chorus. And, uh, and it was just really funny because, um, uh, Gene just ignores Paul. When he tweets all this stuff out, Gene just completely ignores it, which is hilarious to me. Um, I, I, I can't believe I'm talking about Kiss this much. I've fucking got to move on. But one more thing. One more thing. Kiss Catalog Limited has been in touch with the patent office and has tried to gain a The End of the Road trademark act. Okay. Uh, trademark application they are trying to trademark they've applied for the trademark to the phrase the end of the road right so a let's fucking hope it is b if it is it'll be hopefully the last fucking trademark application this set of fucks ever make and c please just let it be the end although i have to say you know zero fucks given here Kiss playing down the road, kiss playing in my garden, kiss playing on the moon. Either way, not fucking interested. So that is the end of the kiss section from the person who still claims that he is not a kiss fan, despite the fact I have managed to go on an enormous amount of time about kiss. Fuck off! Jesus! It's like, oh God, right, okay, let's get into it. Let's get into an interview. Um, and let's get straight in with the one, okay? Uh, this interview is with Godless. Um, he was here, uh, two weekends ago. Um, um, arrived in Ealing, where I live in London, um, about midday on the Friday. We jumped in the car, um, uh, drove up to Derby whilst recording a one hour podcast on the way there. Um, went out for a curry, me and my mate. Uh, and Godless, we went out, we all went out for a curry, went to the gig. Um, oh, I'd already done an hour podcast with the band as well. And by the way, I've recorded uh, an hour um, on the motorway back as well. So there's a three hour The Beyond special coming at some point this month. Once I get my laptop fixed and I can chuck it all together. Um, should be a fairly easy job to be, to be honest, but it is, yeah, it's going to be cool, man. It's going to be really, really cool. Um... So, what was I going to say? Uh, yeah, hopefully it's going to be really cool. It is. It's going to be brilliant. Anyway, um, not long after Godless arrived, he informed me that he wasn't going to be doing any more podcasts, which was absolutely gutting. Um, and so the podcast you're going to hear now is right at the end of our, um, our, our time together, which sounds beautifully gay. Um, but it is, it was at the end of our time together after, after we'd been, um, up to Derby, um, sort all this out, uh, to do the gig and everything else. Um, uh, did a uh, podcast on the way home and then we sort of sat down and we talked about all sorts of stuff. This doesn't necessarily focus on the pod, on their podcast at the end of it. That's the end of the metal podcast with Chuck and Godless, which is gutting. I know a lot of you out there, um, were subscribers and, um, and, it, and so please, if you can, you see anybody moaning about it send them over get them over let's get them into talking bollocks anyway enough of me trying to um uh, trying to nick their listeners um now is the chat with godless now because i'm on the um uh, i'm on the the um 
uh, tablet, as I said. It's not my full regular gear, so I haven't got all of the usual um, uh, stings, etc. So you're going to have to make do with me making them up. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, here is my chat with Godless from a couple of weeks ago. Da, 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 da. So here we are in Talking Bollocks Towers. The um, the odyssey of this weekend has brought Godless to uh, Talking Bollocks Towers, HHQ, um, the Acid Rain Arsehole, whatever you want to call it. This is uh, this is where the podcast is recorded. I thought it'd be quite nice for for Godless to be um, to be here uh, and and take part in the uh, in the engine room of what is the most disorganised slapdash podcast he, tre- he said to me just before we switched this on he went what's the topic I said you'll find out and there's a tremendous number of skulls more skulls than I anticipated in the interior decoration of your house oh right okay so yeah. it's, you didn't see me you're very quiet there by the way oh sorry that's alright oh, so okay. yeah you have to sit on the sofa dude um so well, yeah, I don't come across as a skulls guy. They're yeah. not metal skulls. I just like skulls. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. See, it's just I surprising. Mean, Dave behind the television there. Uh-huh. Um, that's a, that, Dave's a medicine stick. So if you've got any ailments or anything, just let me let me know now, and <laughs> Dave will get on it, uh, and he'll be fit as fuck by the time you get home. Uh huh. Yeah. Is yeah. an African enchanted you inserting that stick somewhere? Are you it's, hitting uh, me over the head with it's it? An or? African enchanted medic- medicine <laughs> stick. Yeah. Yeah. As the guy who sold it to me said, <laughs> and I then found out it was made of fiberglass. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not sure you can enchant fiberglass. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, no, I, I, I didn't get ripped off. I, 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 I did. I keep, did. Keep saying yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It. It's, yeah, yeah it's, it's like a mantra. <laughs> I didn't get ripped off. I didn't get ripped off. I did. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it is what it is, dude. Yeah. The, the interior decoration is amazing. I mean, you've got. <laughs> You've got like I like as a married guy. Oh, right, I don't yeah. get the opportunity. Oh yeah, this is. I'm well aware yeah. that this is an entire man cave. This is a the whole house of man cave. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> Even the bed looks like it's out of a porn movie. Yeah, you know. Yeah, okay. we haven't been on the bed. I'm just saying he's, he's been in the bedroom. I've seen it. Yeah. from a distance. Yeah, just to see the art that was hanging on the walls because yeah, I have a lot of art in my house. So yeah, yeah. I'm well. I'm glad you like it. Yeah, no, it's great. Well, this is what's this is what's possible when you know you're um, so antisocial. That, uh, well, I'm not antisocial. I'm very social. Oh, but yeah, but this awesome. is what this is what happens with without a wife to mm-hmm. condense your personality and you know eventually turn you into half man, <laughs> half woman. Um, yeah. You know, it starts with it starts with can I have a room? You get a room. Then the room gets moved out to the garage. Then the garage gets moved out to the shed. And then eventually an electric fire starts a fire in the <laughs> shed. You go up in flames, and she gets what she wants: house to herself and all your money. But um, just a just a cautionary tale. So many, many years ago, when my wife and I had had the house, and the uh, uh, we had bought a business, and a, a lot of the, we had stock and stuff that we needed to keep. So my wife hired a feng shui or feng shui expert are you fucking kidding to come in and to rearrange the house to see now I was like I'm not participating she, in this she, right she bought into that I mean did you did you then say well if you're going to do that I'm I'm going to hire an exorcist no, to, no. to, to, to but fucking... the, this feng shui artist who I never met in person was smart because the feng shui person knew if she Is wanted it? another gig oh, yeah, she's got to yeah. convince me right mm-hmm. so she told my wife I don't see enough of your husband's presence here you need to give him more space in the oh. house to, to present himself. Did she fall for it, or did you have to explain what was so going on here? We moved just a few minutes, uh, a few months later. A few minutes later, later would have been, would have been fucking great. Yeah. Right. A few months later, and and my wife's like, 
you can ha- I, you're going to have the smallest room in the house is yours any whatever it is and so it turns out it's the bathroom on the main floor and you know how like you right. you go to somebody's house Do, uh, to on, visit. Hang on, hang on. At that point, didn't you say we need to renegotiate? No, because no. I don't want the fucking bathroom. No, no. Because uh, let me tell you why. Oh right. Okay. If you ever go to somebody's house and they, and you know the, the, you're like uh, hey, you know mind if I use your restroom? They go right down the hallway, make a left. Yeah. And you go down the hallway and you make you make the left, but they actually meant right, and it's a closet. Mm-hmm. So it's always a closet the first time. So my idea was to make it so that the bathroom, which was right across the hall from the Closet would actually be decorated like a closet. So whenever I send anybody, oh yes, yeah, right over there, they open the door. Oh no, it's a closet. They turn around. Oh no, that's a closet too. Right. But okay. you got to go through the clothes. But having clothes hanging in the doorway somewhere where you just pissed, probably not right. the best for cleanliness. You know. Yeah. yeah. So instead, I turned it into a shrine to an obscure sports figure I really had an interest in, which ended up being fun. Well, a friend of mine, a friend of mine, uh, I, I, what I say, my mom. Yeah. You go to our house. Uh, my mum my and dad are antique dealers. And, and so it's just antiques in every room. You know, very much a sort of, you know, that's the vibe, right, you know? And um, and you say, oh, can I, you know, we can use your bathroom. Yeah, you go to the bathroom. When you get to the bathroom, um, it was, you open the door, pink panthers everywhere. Pink panthers. <laughs> everywhere. Pink panther picture. Uh, pink panther hologram. Pink Panther little models. The, the characters, not yeah, like yeah, 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 scenes the from the movie. No, no, the character. Oh. But the little so China great. models everywhere. Yeah. Fucking everywhere. Yeah. At max count, I think there's about 60 in there. <laughs> and it, and it, it, it absolutely, completely out of character yeah. with the uh, with with the rest of the house. Yeah. So people, first time, you know, oh, can you use about, yeah, it's up there. Right? And you forget yeah. when you're used to it. And they come back out. What? What? Uh-huh. Does, uh, the, 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 the stop line does someone like the pink panther <laughs> <laughs> yeah shut the fuck up everyone says that you're yeah. not special you're not funny um, but, um, uh, what a host uh, <laughs> um, but th- this was the interesting th- so I use your restroom right yeah and I was surprised at your toilet seat <laughs> oh don't tell me you shat on it no I didn't alright okay but like this is the thing it's like it's like you know if you stand up to pee it's a stock wooden yeah. Right, but you got to keep the seat up to pee. Yeah. yeah. But your seat doesn't stay up. You have no. to hold it. Yeah. yeah. I, I I don't have that many hands. Well, do you, do you know do you know why that is? You sit when you pee. No, the reason that is just just come out and insult me. <laughs> uh, my own fucking house. <laughs> Shit the street next time. <laughs> and, then, and then we'll see how many hands you have. <laughs> um, um, it, what it is is basically um, it comes from living with it comes from living with a woman, which right. is basically it's impossible not to leave the seat down. Oh, you can't. Keep so yourself... it's, it's like absolute total. Mm. It's an it's, it's not a thing for me. Yeah, it's just not a thing for me. I so um, all all my female friends fucking love me. I never forget to put the seat back down because <laughs> that's how it is at home. Right. And if any visit, they're like, wow, you know. He lives on his own, yet the seat is down. How considerate. <laughs> because the seat can never get up. Yeah, but they don't know that. Yeah, I know, but They geez. sit down on it. Oh. Believe you and me, that's the only thing in this flat that can't get up. 
Yeah, you know, sorry, but you know, you're gonna hang that out there. I'm gonna fucking knock it out of the park. No pun intended. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> um, so you, so it's funny you said what's the topic, and then you set out on the yeah, topic, yeah, which is which is my de- the decor of my flat. It's been a ten minute process of trying to get to the topic of your toilet seat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is that where we were? Yeah, exactly. Is that you were determined, I was to, determined head to. to get to. Is that why you started on the well? The decor the is skulls, quite, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it, it goes lovely. back to our conversation last night. Like, it's not about what I'm saying now. I'm thinking, trying to think step, 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 step ahead. And then, right. but of course, like, what happens is you never know if you're actually going to get to that destination, but hopefully it gets you somewhere else. That's and along that way. right there is why we'd be such a wicked podcast pair. Mm. Because it's, like, it, it, <laughs> but then, but that, but that is the kind of um, vibe that you had with Chuck, which was, uh-huh. you know, he doesn't plan anything. Right. You plan everything to the nth degree. And it's a, it's a great thing to have. Yeah. Because someone is always steering the ship. I need the someone, Someone's always steering the ship, but we may never end up at that destination. But yeah. as long as the destination's cool, who right. cares? Well, you listen to... I mean, there are certainly podcasts, you hear them, where they, there is no direction. Hmm. And it's impossible to listen. But what, but what did make... What did used to make me laugh mm-hmm. when the podcast existed <laughs> was when there'd be like a pause or a natural kind of like that question's been answered and you just come out, come out with so which which hand did you wipe your ass with yeah. do you know what I mean it's just like an absolute total left field yeah. now to me that would always feel like really kind of like oh that's brutally manufactured there man that's like that's like fuck you know you've just you've just jumped in with both feet yeah. do you know what I mean and tried to kick the guy in the balls for a reaction but it works well it's, you know yeah. it it, it, it you know, how not, else are you going to find not out? Not criticism, an observation. Well, how, I mean, that, that was always my thing. Is like sort of going back to that idea of trying to get to a topic, right? It, sometimes you want to get you, – you try to let the conversation flow and hopefully it goes there, goes that way. But there are some things that you want to know. Yeah. There's just no well, way you're going to lead into well, that spot. Well, it's funny you should say that mm. because now the, the metal podcast is no more um, and you have – absolutely zero responsibilities to anybody and as far as I can tell also give zero fucks <laughs> let's hear it who was the worst fucking interview who was the dickhead who didn't oh. turn up what was Mustaine really like just just unload it all get it <laughs> off your chest just think of me Father Howard yeah. is here to hear your confession for you to be able to say all the things that you from a professional podcaster's point of view could never say now's the time to unload it yeah. purely for the Patreon listeners I don't this, know, is, this is their lucky day I don't know that there's too much that I haven't already shared but like alright okay move on <laughs> like like relative like about a year oh maybe longer like about three years into doing the podcast is when the opportunity to to interview Dave Mustaine came around so like it got scheduled and of course we plan you know I'm like I mean there's so much material you know yeah. we're going to get a certain amount of time so then half my planning is how do I get it to narrow down to just for, for the time we're going to get and then yeah as, sta- opposed, as opposed to just rocking up your first question like how's God today yeah, yeah totally right yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so like I leave work early I get you know I'm in the studio with Chuck we're standing there waiting for the phone to ring phone doesn't ring and Chuck, you know, sends out the email to the publicist, like, what's going on? Uh, Dave can't do it today, after all. You know, something came up. And it's, it was so much planning and sacrificing work and driving across busy, busy town and all that shit. 
I was like, oh, fuck, you know? So after that, whenever somebody would stiff us on an interview like that, we would call it getting mustained. Yeah, I, I remember, yeah. Yeah. So Ah, uh, the good old days. Yeah. So yeah. so the second time we got him, he actually did the, the conversation. He ended up being, you know, a really interesting person to talk to, to talk yeah. to. Uh, and was great. Um, yeah, yeah, because, yeah, he says stupid things occasionally, but the yeah. thing is, he's outspoken. He, yeah. he, you know, they are the people you want. I mean, I criticise yes. him on here for things he said, and I poke fun at well, him and rip, and rip the piss out of him. Yeah. But at least he's fucking out there. So at least it's not all watered down, Damn fucking true. just, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's another interview with Dave Mustaine. Do I fucking care? Yes, I do. Yeah. Because <laughs> Dave says shit. Yeah. He said, he said eight interviews today, and all of them have been interesting. Yeah, 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 absolutely. You know? Yeah, yeah. You've got, yeah, you've got like eight interviews going away going, oh, yeah. yeah. No, I don't want to listen to one interview from somebody I agree with all the time and says the same thing I he always says. I want to hear eight different interviews from this other person who I disagree with 78% of the time and, you know, is always saying something interesting. That's always, that's so much better. Well, it's like Gene Simmons. Love him or hate him. He, he comes out with some of the most utter bullshit. Yeah. That... You know, I, I get 10 minutes of material for my podcast out of it, you know, so... Uh, I, yeah. I mean, I've, I've come to believe that, you know, Donald Trump is the... Uh, it's the, the, the He has out Gene Simmons, uh, Gene Simmons at this uh, point, but, you know what I mean? Uh, but do you, know what the, do you know what the link is there, though? The link between Ego. Trump... No, there's, a, there's one that's even more obvious. What's that? Hair. Oh, yeah. You look at both of them, yeah. and it's like, yeah, your hair's fucked, dude. Yeah. Don't know what you've had done. <laughs> Don't know what's going on, yeah? <laughs> but you, 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 you had some fucking German geneticist at work on your fucking head at some point over the years. You think that, like, when it's like, it's the same wig maker. It's like a, a classic 1950s horror movie where, like, the wig makers put something in the wig that seeps into their no, brain. And... No, I no, I think we're way beyond wig here. We're way beyond wig. We're yeah. talking, these guys are prepared to spend millions. Yeah. They have the money. Yeah. They're going to go, they, you know, they are going to go, like, Deep, deep. It reminds me, you know, you when you watch like a sci-fi movie, and they've got they've got to fight like um, uh, I, I'm trying to think of the movie, but a Total Recall, and he's got to go and find whatever his name is, you know, the um, the philosopher. Okay. Uh, and it turns out the guy's living in somebody else's belly, you know. The, the you know, it's like you've got to go and find somebody, and they live deep and that Donald and, and Gene, do you know what I mean? They've travelled to Vietnam and they've gone underground to this village and where this fucking doctor works who's not allowed struck off from every country and do you yeah. know what I mean? Is like only performs for like millions and is doing some absolutely out there sewing a fucking jab you's ball sack to your head for a week and shit like that. Yeah. Oh, that's what that's what they're doing. You know, serious fucking in depth, like just behind closed doors, underground medical facility bullshit you know James Bond stuff yeah. you know that's that's what they're having done absolutely I don't think that's true of Trump but alright oh he's got that fucking ice cream cone head yeah he's got a problem there and then you've got fucking Gene who looks like as I've said before looks like a badly drawn badly drawn toy gorilla yeah um, it's just <laughs> like yeah anyway sorry sidetrack. oh good Dave I... Mustaine uh, was a good interview. Hey, come on, I want to well, know. You've got to give me 
the, you got to give me the shit. Here. We had one. Well, I don't know how much of shit it is, but we had like, one. Rex was fucking boring. Rex was terrible. Just boring. Yeah. He, 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 I just want to rock and roll, oh, man. God. I hate it when people call metal rock and roll. Oh, oh. fuck. It's one of my pet peeves. <laughs> it's metal, you fuck. Here's rock and roll for you. One, two, three well, o'clock, four o'clock. Rock. His last yeah. album is You that. are not rock and roll. Yeah. yeah, but Lemmy used to call Motorhead rock and roll. Seriously, yeah. dude. I mean, I know you're dead, but fuck you. <laughs> it's not rock and fuck. The Ace of Spades! Yeah. The Ace of... One, two, three o'clock, four... Where are the cinema? Fucking show me the similarity. Oh, yeah. you can't. Why? There is none. It's played, by, it's played by human beings. That's it. It's faster and louder. And it's, oh, don't uh, give me that. Do not give yeah. me that rock and roll bullshit. I don't know, I'm not going to get on the topic, but yeah. No, oh, you're not, yeah? No, no, no. Let's skip that uh, one. Oh, oh well, well, that was the topic. <laughs> rock you wanted to know what the topic is. Rock that was roll. the topic. And now, and now you're saying you don't want to do the topic. No, nah, no. Nah. Fuck him. Fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> um, get out of my house. Uh, um, but, uh, uh, oh, yeah, just bad interviews. Uh, uh, the guy from Torch. Who? Do you remember a band called Torch? No. And he, he, I mean, like, shit interview, shit band. Well. In the name. It's all there in actually, the name for no, you. it was actually an interesting band, T-O-R-C-H-E. And, oh, and, oh, right, yeah. And okay. sort of an interesting character, too, because he's, you know, he's... Uh, out is a homosexual in a scene that is pretty tough with that sort of stuff. Yeah, we get him on the phone, and our are the phone ringing obviously woke him up middle of the day, right. and he was not interested in talking, and everything was like monosyllabic answers. And eventually, I just turned to Chuck, and I'm like, "So, Chuck, you seen any good movies lately?" And it was like I was trying to communicate to this guy. You are so boring that I'd rather yeah, have a yeah. boring conversation with the guy I'm standing next to than talk to you. Yeah. And we never aired it, never did anything with it. I was going to say, I, I, I don't remember that one. Yeah, no, it never bothered because it was just so incredibly bad. It's a waste of everybody's time. So was there, was there any others that never got aired? Yeah, there was one, and I can't remember the name of her band. Um, her band? Yeah, uh, I, I'm blanking. Totally blanking. Well, well, just tell me about the band. Uh, Makes such a change to have somebody else blanking. Other than yeah, me. totally. Um, but yeah, it was just a, what an, kind of music? Uh, the doom metal stuff. Oh well, fuck. And me. she had had Serves a, you right. She'd had another band with uh, another young woman, and then they'd had this very public split, and then she quickly forms this other band, and and I'd seen them in concert too. They're boring as shit. Live, right. and I can't. I, you know, it's so much more interesting if I could remember the name. And I can't. I'm sorry, but yeah, she uh, just every single answer, like you know, to a script. Oh, and God. and oh, you fuck could. Off. It was one of those things where you could just tell that. Like, even when we get, I'd ask a question that I'm bring. Like the more you're going to try to stay in this uh, narrow space, I'm going to try to go as far out as I can just to mm. shake you out of it. And she wouldn't go there. Right. It would just be like, oh no, I'm not talking about that. Uh, oh. No, I'm not talking about that. So they just shut you down. Yeah, or you know, or she would go, huh, and then give an answer to a different question that she probably got in the interview before us. Yeah. You know, I think talking I about think, influences yeah, without what, me asking that. Damn yeah, question. one of those. Uh, I think the question you meant to ask. Yeah, was. yeah. Yeah, and so it was like she'd gotten a bit of coaching, but you know, that's the thing. It's like so many of these musicians get they are obviously Media coached. Trained. Yeah, the media trained. But they're being trained on how to not say anything wrong 
instead of being trained on how to present the most interesting version of themselves. Well, do you know what? It goes back to a conversation you and I had over breakfast this morning, which mm. sounds remarkably homosexual, <laughs> but it was in a cafe, and fuck you. Um, Only I wasn't wearing my pants. <laughs> yeah, 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 because he's Chapman. Um, and, and, but we were saying this morning about like, you know, connecting with people and mm. how important it is as, as, a, as a front man in a band or as a, as a comedian or, you know, for... Or or a salesperson or, or any, connecting with people is so important mm -hmm. because if you can do that, then as an interviewer you're you're in yeah. you're all in. It's like oh wow okay this this person is 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 up for it yeah. and there's no better feeling. I know exactly how that feels. There's no better feeling than like you know five or ten minutes in thinking yeah we're we're on something here we're we're rocking. This person's going to go there and I've had the occasional interview where I think. Um, yeah, that was just a bit, it was just a bit stock. It mm -hmm. was just a bit, you know, I, I kind of got, I, I, okay, like, hands up, I'll be honest. I didn't think the interview, the last interview I did with Igor Cavallero was that good. Um, and I kind of, I kind of, I kind of ran out of steam and, sh and, and shut the interview down after 40 minutes. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, you know. Well, 40 minutes is a long time for most well, yeah, but I mean, well, no, yeah. not for me, yeah. you know. But but you know, I've interviewed Igor before for like an hour and a half, and yeah. I was, and I was, you know. Uh, but I don't know. It was I just kind of, I wasn't, and I'm not blaming Igor in any way. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It was yeah. like he seemed, but I, I don't know. It just didn't. I didn't seem to be able to to be able to get to anything that I that I felt was meaty enough or different yeah. enough or or anything. And it's quite selfish. It was like you know anything that was satisfying me. Well, it's that, the only. It's the only barometer that we have I was going to say barometer that's scary you know what we should do a podcast <laughs> together but um, you know when you're in that conversation with a, with a musician it's always at least for me it was always about trying to was don't say was <laughs> trying to find a way to uh, make it interesting for me and yeah. so uh, yeah because that's good because you figure that's going to make it interesting to listeners if I'm if, if I always found if I was you know what you want to know a reason that I would come up with some left field question is if I started drifting if my head started drifting ah uh -huh. you need to get back engaged with it yes and and I in my imagination talk about ego every listener is doing yeah. the same thing I am but but again what this comes down to is um, again is it's that age old thing whether it's music whether it's comedy whether it's acting whatever you just have to do what you think is best yeah you're in charge you just have to do what you think is best and you put it out yeah and if people say it's shit well it's shit yeah yeah but and it, if people love it they love it but you're right you the only the only judge that you can have is yourself your mm -hmm. own you know your own feeling about about it you know and I misjudge it all the time with comedy you know you write new material go out there and I've been doing it 20 years and I always do the same thing I think the stuff that's going to work is, is going to be brilliant and the stuff that's pretty shitty is not going to work and it's always the other way around yeah. always the other way well, around so comedy is one of those things that you know sort of helped inform how I approached interviews in that my brother and I used to produce a comedy show. He still produces it, right? Mm -hmm. But we designed it together and all that sort of thing. And it was a comedy game show, or is a comedy game show. And one of my worries about the game show is that the game itself might not be entertaining or funny at times. So mm -hmm. there needed to be almost like stock periods inside the show that we knew would be funny. So yeah. that way, even if the game starts to suck... It, give it a minute. We're going to get to that next funny thing. Yeah. So applying that to the conversations, 
my, you know, when I would prep, you know, I always yeah, tried not. to have a handful of questions that no matter what it is that they answer, I'm hoping that at least the question is fucking funny. So basically, you've got a bunch of silver bullets here. My, <laughs> you yeah. Know, it's like essentially. No matter what response happens, hopefully at least just the fact that I asked it. Yeah. And it was something that I certainly drifted from for months, you know, and I would try to get back to because I'd sort of slip on forgetting those particular types of techniques and stuff. But, uh, you know, then I would get, the, oh, yeah, yeah, I got to go back to trying that. Because that'd be another thing that'd happen, you know. Uh, you know, not, you know, there's times where it kind of comes and goes. Things come and go from, uh, you know, call them tricks or hacks or whatever that they mm. would disappear from the arsenal and then you go, oh yeah yeah i still have that arrow there i gotta pull that out i haven't pulled yeah. that one out in a while but also i think the ones that i really love and i'm going to reference one of the favorites that i've done which was the, the which was the um uh james murphy interview mm-hmm. which was literally i mean my, my best friend my best friend anthony who you met last night um who came to the the beyond show um uh, he was messaging me whilst he was listening to it, going, Jesus Christ, this is fucking incredible. Um, his story, not my podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and he'd never say that. Um, and um, it, it, afterwards, you know, he, he sort of called me up and said, wow, that's amazing. How long have you known each other? He thought that we knew each other. Yeah. Because there's no way that we were just going to start talking like that and James was going to open up so quickly about stuff that's really sensitive. There's just no way that's going to happen. No, that is exactly what happened. Yeah. But the thing is, the weird thing is, is that, and I, I look back on that one, which is really, really odd because we obviously arranged interviews different in different ways. I always contact, well, not always. This one was, I fucking messaged him on Facebook. Right. And he just hit me straight back and say, yeah, love to do it. Great name for a podcast, by the way. Yeah. And I was like, oh, thanks a lot, dude. You know, British sense of humor. And he's like, yeah, I got a few. And we started, ch- we, it's weird. We started messaging each other like we'd known each other for years. Yeah. He's like, he's like, oh, yeah, my wife's always giving me shit like this. But about five minutes, about five messages in. And I'm messaging him back. And it's just like, it was actually when I was on the road with the band. Mm-hmm. And somebody said, and, and Paul um, said, who, who are you fucking messaging with? <laughs> And I just turned around and I went, James Murphy. Yeah. And he was just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> How do you know him? I said, well, I'm getting to know him. Yeah. I said, I messaged him when we pulled over for coffee at the last services. He was like, why? I was like, to get him on the podcast. He said, yeah, but you've been messaging each other nonstop the last half hour. I was like, yeah, I know. It's <laughs> it's kind of odd. But it, I think that kind of paved the way. Yeah. That when we ended up speaking, it was just like, and when stuff like that happens, it's just like, I, th- I I I haven't I I haven't listened to it since it went out. But I think at the end of the podcast, when it finishes, you you hear me just go, "Fuck me, mm-hmm. wow, yeah." You know, it's like well, and the magic doesn't happen every time. It can't. Oh no, it happens less often. Oh, yeah, and I think it was getting uh, you know over the six years and you know four and a half or so that we were doing interviews, it was getting sometimes more and more challenging. And it was coming from a different different places. There was, there were there were people that we were interviewing who were fans of the show, and so they came on with like almost like prepared for the left field questions and things right, like that. Right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, sometimes yeah. that made it hard. No, it fucks it. It fucks the dynamic. Not always, but some you know, yeah. a, a fair amount of time. And then there were also those cases of where um, 
you know, uh, I I get the feeling that like you know there were a number of other podcasts and certainly like the Metal Sucks podcast have said so themselves that they were listening to how we were doing interviews and trying to, taking some of these lessons and trying to apply them themselves. So if we would interview somebody, they might have already had one or two interviews that stylistically were now doing similar things to what we were doing on our show. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, one of the reasons that it's easier to walk away from uh, the metal podcast now is that, you know, shows like yours, Talk To Me, um, the Metal Sucks podcast, and maybe one or two others, um, uh, uh, you know, my apologies for those that I'm, I'm not mentioning, but they've got <coughs> really good at the long form, excellent, great content, interesting, compelling interview that frankly didn't exist five years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm glad for that. Right. Okay. Okay. So, you know, you're taking, you're taking credit for what I do. That's what you're trying to do. No, no, not at all. (laughs) I'm saying it like, (laughs) you cunt. Uh, eh? Oh, I, I'm ripping you guys off. That's no, what you're saying. I didn't say if, that if, I, if I was, mis, if I was Mister <laughs> Sensitive, you know what I mean? I mean, you motherfucker, get out of my house uh. the second time. <laughs> Come back so I can kick you out again. Um, no, that's that, that that okay. Yeah, but yeah, but that, that's that's very gracious of you to say it. But also, I don't believe it because I think that there's listening to other people do it and do it yourselves are two different fucking things. You know, it's not you. You know, it's not. It's not my work is done here. Yeah. It's, it's, I, oh, certainly. I, you yeah. know, I don't think you should, you know, you don't need sending down the glue factory just yet, man. I think, well, I think you have, I still think you have, st- I still think you have more to offer. Like I said, that's why it's easier to walk away. Not easy. It's not easy. No. Yeah. Well, like I said, don't walk away. Anyway. <laughs> um, uh, so, it's, so any kind of, um, you know, were, were there anything to any times where people said things and you thought, uh, whoa, motherfucker! You're out of order there. No, you no. That's that. I I'm not gonna. I'm not fucking taking that. No, I can't think of any. I'd have to think about that, but I can't remember any time where that happened. Can you remember any that I really enjoyed? And I think I sent you the link oh, to that Jonathan Mike, Michael Pye. Sweet. Michael Sweet would be the only time that that happened. Oh, and that never aired. No, no, that that one aired. That the guy from Striper. And you did it on your own. I did it solo. I remember because Chuck was like, I don't want to have nothing to do with this. Which was smart of me, <laughs> but that in that that conversation afterwards gave me nightmares. I couldn't right. sleep that night. Really, it was awful. And um, and it aired. I don't yeah. remember this. Yeah, you have to dig that one. Where up. was, that it, was on, on, it? was on Metal, Metal Sucks. Sucks, right? Yeah, yeah. And so that must have been pre because I take the piss out of Michael Sweet right. regularly. See, because it's so easy. Quick backstory was that like when I was fourteen, fifteen years old, I was. I have, I still have it at home. Striper back patch. I was full on. So you, you were full on Jesus and I'm Striper. Full on Jesus and Striper, right? right? Okay. And right. Uh, wow, yeah, get out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I still love you know the, that in God We Trust album. I think it's great, right? I won't listen to it. You love it. You're going to hell. <laughs> <laughs> so so like all right. So the history was that I like very early on in the Metal Sucks days was like. I want Michael Sweet. We gotta get a conversation. I know he's not like heavy, mm. but yeah. that's gotta be a conversation that we do. And you know, everybody else was like, "No, it's not, we're not making this happen." 
And then eventually they came around on the album cycle. And I guess uh, uh, Striper's people contacted Metal Sucks. Metal Sucks came back to us and it was like, all right, we'll do it, but we need an hour. Wow. And they were willing to give it to us. Right, fine. So it was... Long hour, right? And my issue with it was that he wouldn't face head on any of the like points that I was making. He wouldn't he wouldn't debate the merits of his arguments. Were, were you having a, were you trying to have a theological discussion with him? Yes. And and he wouldn't take a bait. Well, he wanted he was interested in doing that too, but he didn't anytime there was a challenge to his point, he would change topic. And well, fight yeah, a different topic. Welcome to trying to debate a religious person. I know, but <laughs> that's you, why I don't do it anymore. And and you know, Mike, waste time. Michael Sweet is is an interesting person, not only because of what he's done with music and you know all that sort of thing, the challenges that Striper faced as a Christian band in a very secular scene, blah blah blah. But his wife died of cancer. Thanks, and, God. And he, you know, like went through that. They had drug issues. Mm. While as Christian artists, I mean that's a lot of really compelling and interesting life story. That yeah. there's contradictions there that to me are pretty damn apparent. Yeah. And uh, uh, are you telling me that you did an interview with a religious person and they were in denial about things? No, it wasn't. Well, yeah, I'd say as far as like you know. Did, did God hate you or did he hate yeah, your wife? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's a really tough question to ask, but I felt like I kind of got to find a way to ask it. Right, okay. And oh, fuck me. Yeah. Did you? I don't, I don't remember exactly how I put it, but yeah. <laughs> because, I mean... Fuck it out. Yeah, because, I mean, how else can you face that? You can't say, oh, well, you know, God just had a oh, I love you. good choice. For, you know, this was this what he did. Why did he make her suffer then? You cannot fucking deprive the metal community of these, of these kind of interviews. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you, should, you should just do like one a year and just absolutely fucking hammer somebody. Well, but, <laughs> just a bit, Michael Sweet once a year would be fine. But like I said, afterwards, I felt awful. Yeah. Simply awful. Why? Because you did what you set out to do. No, I didn't. I I set out to have a conversation. Oh, to to really. And did you just end up upsetting someone? Yeah. Well, yeah, but that's 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 his problem. No, it's it was my problem. What you you think? Because he. It, so you think you went in with the wrong angle? You you. Or, you, you, or, you, or you just couldn't deal with the fact that he wasn't engaging, and you you handled that the wrong way. I don't think that I handled it the wrong way. It was just upsetting that this opportunity to talk to somebody who actually had an important uh, uh, impact on my life for a long time, and in fact was in a way instrumental to me getting to you know the my current beliefs mm-hmm. and and the fact that um, yeah from God to Godless yeah exactly yeah. because in you know the reason that I find that like topic important because there's so many people who are. You know, casually theist or casually atheist. No, no, a little bit pregnant. You are fucking right. either in or you're out. That's sort of my feeling. <laughs> that's what. That's what I can't stand about. Do you know? Do you know? Who I hate more than not, not hate, but do you know, I, I have a problem with more than Christians. Agnostics. <laughs> they're worse. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Well, yeah. There's got to be something. <laughs> I'm not saying what it is. 
But there's going to be something. Like, oh, fuck you. Well, I don't know. You fucking know, I just I, fence sitter. I, be, well, I'm, I I character myself as as uh, 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 an agnostic atheist because that agnosticism is what you know, or mm-hmm. agnosticism is what you know. Theism or atheism is what you believe. So I, I don't think that there's like agnostic is on a spectrum between theist and atheist. I look at it as those two separate spectrums, right? Right. But anyway, yeah, boring. Yeah. Um, the fact that Michael Sweet communicated to me at a compelling time in my life that Jesus and God was important and I needed to, to really embrace that mm-hmm. was important because when I then lost that belief, yeah. I still felt that the question was important. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, love turns to hate, you know, and I, and maybe that's why you're such a, a you know, a staunch, whatever you call yourself, <laughs> I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with atheists. Yeah. Um, but, and, and, but that is, it's like, it is, it's like, whoa, hang on. I, I fucking loved this concept. It turns out it's bullshit. I have been lied to. Yeah. I have been emotionally abused. You know, because mm-hmm. you love Jesus, you love it. You, it's emotional abuse. Mm-hmm. It, it, when you find out that the whole thing is a fucking lie, and it's just a story to keep you in line, it's basically crowd control, and yeah. that is going to be it's, well. It's yeah. like the most, the most, the most outspoken anti-smokers are ex-smokers. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's, it's the same thing. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah, fuck this. And, and I don't want to, you know, sort of like fall into a certain amount of solipsism, but. It, by the time that conversation's over, Michael Sweet no longer exists, right? Like, yeah. whatever goes on in his head and whatever he's thinking about me or that conversation is not something that's going to impact me in any way ever, ever, ever. The only thing I'm left with is me regretting that the conversation didn't go a different direction. Not because I felt like, and see, this is where there's a real. So what, so what direction did it go in? Were you was it like a tug it, of war then? It, it, yeah, well, it was. It was kind of like, um, oh, how would I describe it? It was kind of like trying to grab his hand and lead him into one room, and then turning around and he's standing in another room trying to talk to me through the wall. <laughs> and then I go back to that room. I grab his hand. Let's go. Well, let's try this other room. And then I turn around and. He's still in the same fucking room. He's in. He's back in that other room again, talking to me through that wall. That's what it felt like. And I don't. I don't have regrets because the questions that I asked, I really felt were important to ask. Since he is, as he said, "Why are you asking me? Why don't you ask God?" And you know, I didn't. Oh, oh that, that, I didn't, that's the. Oh, that's got to be the fucking weakest get out I've I don't, ever heard. Well, I don't. And you know, I didn't answer him then, but my response should have been because you're his marketing director, dude. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, funnily enough, I I did actually refer to a current member of Striper, Oz Fox. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, that guy's going to be a dick. <laughs> I mean, so there's two clues right there. Um, no, I think he's an ex member now. I think no, no, no. This was like, this is only like a couple of months, no, a couple of weeks ago. Oh wow! And 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 the guy had I don't know if you heard this little podcast, but he had the nerve to say that I'm in a place right now where my relationship, my the relationship between me and God is fantastic, and He knows and cares about everything in my life. Mm. And I just thought the amount of arrogance that you have to possess to make that statement is just unfathomable yeah 
The almighty being and creator cares what I have for fucking breakfast. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Yeah. You know, you're and, putting it out there. And you and know, doesn't care for all of those children. Well, millions of children who are hungry, disease ridden, uh, you know, all that stuff that they're suffering through. God doesn't care about them, but he cares about me. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. It's like that Ricky Gervais thing where he says, like, you know, if, 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 the the in the insurance company rings up God because somebody's put active active God a yeah. tree fell on his car yeah. and they ring God and say look God did you knock this tree over and he goes well hang on let me uh, let me just look up in my diary <laughs> uh, where do you say it was yeah. you know Birmingham right Birmingham what time on a Wednesday nine o'clock Wednesday Birmingham uh, no no it couldn't have been me I was in Africa giving cancer to babies that was one of the things with Michael Sweet where I'd be like well, what about like a child who's suffering awful things. They're practically newborn in, in, in a mouse pain. He's like, well, humans choose. And I'm like, there's no choice there. No choice was made. Well, have you, have you, have you, you must have seen or have you seen the Stephen Fry famous YouTube clip where he's being interviewed by Gay Byrne on oh, Irish, yeah. Irish mm-hmm. television, mm-hmm. which somebody like 11 years after it was, you know, after seven years after it's been recorded, somebody made a complaint about blasphemy. Yeah. And he was like, you know, police, we're going to have to investigate it. Ha <laughs> ha, what a load of bullshit. That is quite simply the most eloquent Definitely. and succinct mm-hmm. destruction of the so-called Christian God, the mm-hmm. so-called all-knowing being that has no faults. Right. You know, when he goes off and he talks about, you know, the, the, the Greek gods who knew they had their faults and things like that. And then, you know, and just the, like, you know, insects burrowing into children's eyes, yeah. all of that stuff. It's just like Gay Burns sat there with his mouth open because, yeah, dude, yeah, you've got nowhere to go here. Yeah. You've got nothing to say. And I urge, if you're listening to this, um, check it out. Just put uh, Stephen Fry, Gay Burn into um, in, in, into YouTube, and you'll see the clip. Yeah. And it's you know, it's like four minutes long. Or yeah, something. yeah. It's but he size. basically says to Stephen Fry, you know, what would you say to St Peter at the gates of of heaven? I know you're not a believer, but what? Yeah, so what would you say to God? And it's just fucking yeah. God gets taken down. <laughs> he is cut down to size, yeah. and, and it's just yeah. It's, just fucking legendary. And, you know, like the, the reason I took on the the moniker of Godless is, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, I didn't want to do a, the show under my own name. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, I still wanted to preserve a certain amount of anonymity. And I didn't know, I wanted to have the freedom to be able to say anything I wanted without worrying about whether... Yeah, I couldn't get a job or something, and yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. there's a uh, oh, just get hammered on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, and there's a, a gentleman named uh, Matt Dillahunty who's a brilliant, brilliant debater. If you get a chance, I, the name rings a bell. Another yeah. great dude to to um, uh, to find on YouTube. I had uh, uh, was sitting down with him. He's part of a small group of atheists in Austin, and I would go every once in a while and be there, and I was able to sit and eat with him. And um, he was struggling to find work at a certain point. Because when he would apply for a job, they would Google his name. And he's, you know, he is, in my, I believe, the closest person to replace Christopher Hitchens that there could be. Well, or Richard Dawkins. Uh, no, more. he's more of a, a, a Hitchens style than Dawkins style. Right. Uh, but uh, he, uh, uh, yeah, he couldn't, couldn't, couldn't get work. No, no well, not in, not in um, Christian America. Because, yeah. funnily enough... Those Christians weren't willing to forgive him. No way. No way. Yeah. Not yeah. unless he had... If he asked for forgiveness, they'd give it to him. 
Or if he acted, if he did other, anyway, that's another, (laughs) but, but, you know, that to me was like a lesson, like, okay, if I'm going to be able to say what I want to say and, and ask questions that I want to ask, I need to be able to do it with at least some modicum of, uh, 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 of uh, anonymity and and so I went with Godless because especially at the time six years ago I was still still reeling in a way from uh, having been burned by Christianity right. uh, so it, it was an important topic yeah. my atheism at that time was a very important topic to me and it's still important now but you know it's just like anything it's like getting you know you get dumped by somebody you're angry so when, when did you get out of God then? how old? Well, it's not like a date. It's not like, uh, you know, it was this long process that began right. probably when I was around 17 years old or so, 16, 17. And how many years would you say did it take to extract the God out of you? Probably uh, over 10 years. Fuck, right, okay. Yeah, because it, it wasn't, it, there was, you know, there was certainly a patch there in four, for uh, four years or so where I barely gave it any thought at all. Right. And, you know, so that's in there as well. But, mm. you know, it was being introduced to evolution and uh, Charles Darwin's theories and then seeing the evidence of all that. Uh, so at what age was this that, happening? 17? That was around 17, 18. And right. Ma- which made me... So had that been kept from you? Uh, it, yeah. Oh, or, it wasn't or, kept or, from no, me. No, but you had to go looking for it. it. Yeah, yeah, it was never exposed to it. Um, yeah, because funnily enough, Christian schools, etc. I'm going to go, hey, check this book out. Yeah, like I would have been so interested in biology if the very basis of biology had been introduced in the early stages of learning about biology. So it wasn't? No, biology was, it starts with, well, there's cells that split and, no, you start with, you know, <laughs> people used to walk on all fours and then the grass grew really uh, tall because the earth had warmed. Uh, and so uh, uh, now people had to, or, or, we're on all fours. We jump up on our back feet to kind of stay over the grass, yes. To see over the grass, to see if there's danger coming or food to eat. Now, before you know it, we're standing up. Well, that's interesting, mm. you know, and tell me more. And before you know it, you're talking about bio- molecular biology and you don't realize, like, how it all ties together. So what I, what I was trying to get at was mm. what what was the Christian version of biology? Was it just very... It was biology, but it was just very dry. Without... Or, or, yeah. or was it like the Garden of Eden, you know? I mean... Yeah, no, it was just skip the... You know, skip evolution because it, it's too controversial. And right. just get into the actual, like, nuts and bolts of, you know, biology. Yeah, which is, which is weird because the nuts and bolts of biology are scientifically researched. Mm-hmm. Yes, like, right, okay, square that circle. Yeah, well, you know, how is it that you can believe all of this stuff, but not believe all the stuff... That leads up to it. That lead to it, yeah, Yeah, yeah. which is crazy. But, you know, what are you going to say? You know, Christian can't say, I don't believe in biology because, well, now I don't get to take my medicine, my kids can't have their medicines, you know, all, all that stuff is really important, I like that. But also, you know, what what gets what gets forgotten is Charles Darwin was a Christian, yes. and Charles Darwin was as disappointed as anybody in his book. But that's why he published it right near the end of his life. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So he wouldn't be around. <laughs> He's like, fuck to, 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 to see how many people's lives he ruined. Yeah, you know, um, and. 
that is why I have I have so much admiration for the man. You know, yeah. one of the greatest greatest human beings to ever walk the planet because he challenged it. Yep. Because do you know what? Yeah. Apparently, he was given that ability by God. <laughs> the ability to free think. The ability to figure out that there was no God. He also didn't put it out there because the history of science is anybody who... Galileo, etc. You do anything that challenges the church, you're going to be hung up. Yeah. Literally hung up. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, who wants that? I'm, I'm not a big fan. Not a big fan of getting, uh, getting hung. Uh, I, I got to say. By the way, by the way, you know when you said to me right at the beginning, hmm. "What's the topic?" and I said, "You'll see." <laughs> Do you want to know what the topic was? Yeah, let's hear it. You. Oh no! Come on. No, it was. Yeah. The topic was always going to be you oh, because okay. you, like you know, this might be people's last chance to hear from you yeah. and. There's, and we've ended up here, you know, which is really nice. But yeah, the, you know, we we got into this like, you know, yeah. godless and, and all the rest of it. And it's like it's great to have that that backstory. Right. It's great to hear the uh, the evolution <laughs> of the, uh, yeah. the of the godless story, you know, um, uh, because I think it's it's kind of like yeah, when you're an interviewer, unless you're me, because I go on about me all the time. Um, uh, you know, I have a nice, you know, I have nice chunks of the podcast where I can just spout off, so people get to know who I am, and right. they get to know who you are from from the podcasts because, like, you're wrapped with Chuck and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But like, actually knowing a bit more about, like, well, how did you get here? Yeah. How did we get to this point? The evolution of of Cobblers, yeah. if you like. Um, it's 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 really fascinating stuff. Yeah. It's yeah. really, really, really cool. I mean, it, it's. Um, how does your how does your wife feel about that whole side of things, the godless character, as it were, persona, uh, whatever? Didn't really pay too much attention. It doesn't to take it. any interest whatsoever. Not much interest, no. Uh, right, it's a basically it's a it's a it's a man cave thing. Well, she. Uh, I've seen you in your man cave with your mic and your headphones. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she definitely. I think um, uh, she respects my ability to debate. She respects my. No, uh, so do I. I think it's. Okay. A, I think it's a wonderful fucking skill. Yeah, well, it, it, it's undeveloped, but you know it. Uh, yeah, but you have the key thing as, as somebody who who would consider himself somebody who likes the debate. Mm-hmm. You have the key thing that, for me, is absolutely essential in a debate, and that is a complete and total lack of emotion. Because <laughs> yeah. you bring emotion into the debate. Guess what the debate's now called? It's called an argument. Well, I'll tell you. You cannot bring emotion into a debate. I was on a, a podcast once to By the to way, that's, what, that's why it's impossible to win an argument with a woman, by the way. I had to, I had to hang up. I had to yeah. leave. Yeah. I, I got, I got, I was outraged. Outraged. And, uh. Yeah, uh, so you had to go before you said happened. something you'd fucking regret. Yeah. Or and just something that was just downright. It was just a situation where I felt like I'd been set up to fail yeah. rather than being, you, were a, you were a patsy you were cannon fodder I, rather than being you know put into a situation where this is actually going to be a, a, a an interesting conversation and uh, so yeah I was like I was out but so I'm I'm, I'm certainly guilty of it but, there was a TV show that I watched as a kid I don't know how many years ago it was I don't know how old I was I might have been fucking 19 I might have been 25 so offense, no offence probably that's not a kid is it you're a fucking human being at that age but um, um, I 
I watched Gore Vidal debate three priests <laughs> oh, wow. on, uh, it was a BBC show or something like that. And I, be on just, I know, I know, I'm just <laughs> talking about it now. I was thinking, yeah. you just reminded me of that show and I hadn't thought that for years. That Gore thought, Vidal You've got to be able to find that on TV. Yeah. Debates three priests. Yeah. He wins. Yeah. <laughs> he fucking wins. Yeah. I mean, it is just. Well, it's and, one of the most, you know, insufferable things. Like, you could see, like, I don't know if that Stephen Fry clip that you were talking about earlier mm. is on, on the web, but you'll see like debates or, or clips where the, uh, the person who definitely won is, you know, in the description, a theist will have said, you know, oh, oh Stephen Fry completely slapped down, smacked down, smacked down. And yeah. it's like you, you listen to it and you're like, how in the world did you get that out? It's the yeah. opposite. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it happens all the time, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, sort of the tie. It's funny because, in a way, uh, the reason, another reason that the godless name uh, felt like the right one to go with is, in so many ways, uh, my love for this genre of music was tied to first my theism and then my atheism. It was a, it was a part of it because metal is only, one of the only places where religion is. Talked about well, and to a certain extent, frowned upon. Frowned upon, yeah, certainly. Well, like, well, frankly, treated like the con that it is. Yeah, it's looked down upon. It's looked as something that that is is used to prey upon um, uh, the weak. Yeah, you know, it's you know, and uh, definitely. Let me tell the story after this quick thing, but. my attraction to metal is very different from what a lot of other people's attraction to metal has been. I yeah. think that's what I've found talking to people. For a lot of people, um, uh, metal was all about this community and about uh, being angry and needing something to kind of express it. Not, I don't know, but, you know, for not, whatever. Not me. Okay, not me. I think we 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 may well carry on. For me, metal was a music that was solo. It was mine and mine alone. It was. When you go to a metal show, yeah, there's people headbanging in unison and stuff like that. But most of the time, like, you look at just moshing. Moshing is about a bunch of guys independently doing their own thing. Or girls doing their own thing and slamming into each other. Yeah. And how awesome is that, right? Whereas, you know, you listen to, like, um, you know... Uh, old school rock and roll or samba music or something like that. It's dancing with a couple. There's line dancing and country music and all that stuff. And I never wanted to get in a line. I never wanted to to learn steps that I need to follow. I mm. wanted my own thing. I'm going to do it however I want to do it. And that's that's why I love metal. And uh, you know, I was never an angry kid. My parents just. Yeah. We're together until no, my mom no, that's, away I, I, yeah, that was that. that was never me either. Now, yeah. so what was the other thing that you wanted to say? Oh, so the story, the tie, real quick to you know. So I was born again Christian in the Assembly of God, actively participating in the youth group. And yeah, by the way, it just freaks me out. Yeah. You know, like hearing this coming out of your mouth, it's well, just really freaks. But at the same time, you look at me and you're like, yeah, much more likely that he's like that than he is, you know, a metalhead. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so. I go to um, uh, the big, like, all the youth groups in the area getting together in this uh, high school gym for a big presentation. And they got three huge screens in this gym, and they turn the lights down low. I'm sitting in the front frickin' row for this thing, because this is going to be awesome. And uh, 
you know, they got the lights and the lasers start and the music starts. They got fog machines and all these kids were all sitting there. It must be a few, a couple hundred, few hundred of us, like mm-hmm. just for this, for this big presentation. And it's, they start flashing images in all these screens and it was all these like good, awesome Christian things, you know, like there's Jesus and there's, um, you know, good people doing good things and, you know, there's a band and, and then like the lights changed, but then they throw up like a picture of Angus Young. All right. And I was like, I stood up in my chair and I went fist right up in the air like, yeah, because it was Angus freaking Young. He's awesome. Yeah. I didn't realize that the lights had turned red and now we'd segued into the bad evil stuff. Yeah. I missed that completely. Oh, dear. So I kind of like slowly go back down into my chair and it was like just that immediate moment that I realized, and this is after like two years of act, really active participating, I yeah. realized I don't belong. Right. Metal told me I didn't belong. Wow. Angus Young told me I didn't belong. Right. And so while I had been listening to all this Christian rock and Christian metal to try to like get, you know, the music that I had loved... But also stay on the right path. Right. Yeah. I realized, no. Yeah. The better stuff is over there. Funny <laughs> enough, Devil's got the best tunes. Yeah, totally. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But, to, but also to me, part of like, I think the message of Christianity, and that was de- being demonstrated in those images that are presented, is these are all the things that are good. These are all things that you should like. And you know what? Angus Young is good. And you should like him. Yeah. So why would I care whether he that his one of his songs is called Highway to Hell? Why should that matter? It's yeah. still good. It's still made millions of people, maybe billions at this point, freaking hear ACDC on the radio every five minutes. Yeah. Billions of people happier. Yeah. Yeah. What is more Christian than that? Absolutely. Absolutely. But but religion has had a problem with with. Uh, music mm. for years because basically yeah. you have your gospel and everything else and it, it oh it loves music when it suits it yeah when it's praising God and it's keeping everybody in line but you go back you know you you go back and back and back and the, oh this is the devil's you know before heavy metal that was devil the devil's music was someone else yeah you know it's the blues it's Elvis. blues yeah it was Elvis yeah. it was like you know I mean I couldn't believe the 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 controversy. Over Eminem, remember when he first came out, yeah. and it was just like it was it was Elvis all over. I was like, really, really, are we doing this again? <laughs> Has no one learned anything? A white guy doing black music, and because it's a white guy doing it, white kids are getting into it, and they're taking it home, and white parents are getting offended by music that has been around for a decade in the hood. Uh-huh. You know, and it's like. It's all happening again. I'm listening to... It's was, just a false controversy. Yesterday morning, I'm listening to this great podcast I've listened to for years and years. Oh, thank you very much. much. <laughs> and and they were, they were talking about, um, is, is, you know, politically liberal for the most part. And they had this guy on, and he's talking about why he thinks porn needs to be regulated at this point. And it's like, we've gone through this before. We've yeah. gone through it over and over again. That all of the, you know, he was trying to tie it to tie it to Me Too and saying, oh, well, because 
online porn is now more prevalent. It's making pre- sexual uh, predators. Okay. Out of I'm like, there's no evidence of that whatsoever. Hang on. Can I, can also, can I just say, and I'm, can I just say, yeah, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, why don't you take possibly the only industry where women are the boss mm-hmm. because there is, there is fucking 10 male porn, 10 male porn stars to every one female porn star. That is because the females are less likely to do porn. So sorry, there's 10 female stars to one male. And and the females get paid a hell of a lot more. And they're in charge. They're the boss. They say, they say who they work with. They, they're, they're the ones that, and and also since the advent of the internet, they set up their own studios. They're no longer in hock the same way it's mirrored in, 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 you know, in the traditional movie business. Even more than that, I think Rolling Stone had an article on this a couple weeks ago. Now they're doing their webcam stuff. They're shooting themselves, editing and then themselves. And they yeah, shooting themselves. Let's just put that into context. They're Sorry. shooting movies of yeah. themselves. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they're yeah. doing everything for themselves. They're making their own money. Yeah. They're, they have no boss. Yeah, absolutely. So why don't we, why don't we take possibly the yeah. most feminist fucking industry there is out there and on the back of hashtag me too, ruin all those yeah. women's livelihood. Yeah. Take their power away. Oh, it makes you me know? sick. It makes me sick. And you know, Yes, there's an argument to be made over whether certain parts of acts that are done in 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 porn, whether these are perhaps not necessarily the most feminist positive uh, things that can be done. All that, take it, but throw it all out because nobody can regulate this correctly. Well, 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 not only that, but nobody can regulate the internet. Yes. Okay, and also. I, I, I say this when, uh, you know, I had somebody on my Facebook page recently saying like, you know, oh, you know, I found out, you know, that there's, I went, I went to the Britain First page, racist organization, and there's like, I found out there's 65 of my friends have liked that page. It's like, you know, when I've reported the Britain First page, it's race hate and it should be taken down. Now, my attitude is, leave that fucker up. Mm-hmm. I want to know. Yeah. You take that down, you don't know, you didn't know that, you, you're not going to find out you've got 65 racist friends. Yeah. Now you do. Keep it out in the open. Yeah. Always keep unpopular opinion out in the open. Yeah. We know where they are. Uh-huh. You drive it underground, it, it, then, it, then it's a mystery. Yeah. The guy who owns that shop, yeah, we didn't know that he was a racist. It was underground. We need to know that shop yeah. owner's a racist so we can not shop there. Exactly. You know, it's, it makes absolutely no sense when people go around wanting to ban this. And, and, and But the point I'm making to porn is, no, don't ban it. Yeah. Because you'll drive it underground, the conditions will be worse. Mm-hmm. And you open the door to the underground, yeah, it, it's going to get a lot fucking worse. You need to keep everything out in the open. Everything out in the open. Yeah. Because the minute you start to try and ban stuff, you can't regulate it. It's Pandora's box. You can't put the genie back in the bottle and every other fucking glib fucking phrase that you can think of that is centuries old because it makes sense. The reason why those phrases still exist today is they're fucking true. Yeah. You know, that's why cliches, you can call something a cliche, but it's like, yeah, the word's hundreds of years, the word is hundreds of years old and that's because it's hung around this long because it's true. Mm-hmm. You know, and you can't, you, you can't, it's just, Fucking <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, I know it sounds crazy that we're, it's two guys advocating that porn should not be regulated in any way. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, you know. And, it, and it's like, but, okay, if you can, if you can listen to this and actually take that out of it, it's, what we're, to, what we're saying here, it, it does make sense. 
It is, you know, neither of us have got, a, 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 you know, we, we ain't got a dog in this fight. You yeah. know, my, my wife cliche. is, yeah. my, you know, my girl, yeah, another, yeah, my, my, my girlfriend or wife or whatever is not involved in porn. Right. Okay. And if she was, maybe I would want it regularly, but she's not, you know, this, and that's because great. I don't have a dog in this fight. Therefore I'm a being, a, I'm able to be objective. Mm-hmm. Objectivity is what is key when it comes to lawmaking, regulation making and everything else. So being objective, whether we're two men or not, or this could be two women. the the point is the point is valid the point is sound Mm -hmm. that women are in charge in the porn porn industry they call the shots they make the money and there's an argument to be made to to, you know perhaps there ought to be some uh, regulation only in the regard of you know nobody is feeling compelled financially or otherwise to do things that they don't want to do yeah but, I mean, I don't even know how you do that. So, you know, and the problem is, is that you got the, the, the unexpected consequences of all those things. Yeah. I saw a tweet from oh. Tara Patrick the other day, right? Uh-huh. Tara, Tara, however you pronounce it, right? And she's, she put this tweet out and says, I'm seeing a lot of guys out there saying you love me. Guys, you don't love me. My husband loves me. Mm-hmm. You jerk off. You like my pussy, like my tits, you like my, you like my scenes, you like my sex toys and all of that. You know, but you don't love me. Yeah. Less talking, more jerking. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like every single person that follows Tara Patrick just got fucking owned. And they're happy you know? to do what she says. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but it's just like, this is, yeah, fucking. And you know what? They no. love her more for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Take the power back. Beat me, beat me. Tell me I'm worthless. Tell me I don't love you. Yeah, yeah, that's great. But, you know, you just think, you want to take that away? Do yeah. you, sister? Yeah. Do you or guy, you know, who, whoever it is that's that's driving this. And you know what? They're driving this agenda. And, you know, if you pick that agenda up and you look underneath, there's going to be a hallmark and it's going to be a fucking Christian hallmark. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. just it, it's just. Yeah. And, you know, sort of to tie it to, to metal a little bit, you know, the big sort of one of the overarching controversies of the last few years is certain. Certainly, excuse me, been, um, you know, whether social justice, uh, you know, sort of liberal ideologies are, you know, somehow preventing metal from being its extremes and all that sort of thing. And I just, I, to me, I just don't buy that argument. But, uh, you know, I, I respect the argument. I think it, it can, uh, it may have some purchase. But, you know, at, you know, as a, as a thrash guy... It's always been freaking uh, anthrax singing about the Indians, you know, yeah. Iron Maiden singing about the, the Indians. You know, it's always been about um, uh, anthrax singing about the homeless, uh, uh, you know, all of those. Uh, Joe Biafra talking about, yeah. you know, uh, uh, social justice in, in, in the 80s. And that has always been a part of metal. And I think that's why I believe that, like, when people get really upset, when Phil Anselmo is a Nazi, it doesn't feel foreign that people are upset about that. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't feel like a manufactured controversy. It feels right. like a genuine outrage. It's it's yeah, and, and I've I've always felt like, you know, with Napalm Death and, and these other bands talking about things like, you know, reducing nuclear weapons and you know, you don't get that in pop. Well well not only that, but let's why don't we go why don't we go back like thirty years, right? Girl School, Rock Goddess, female metal bands, mm-hmm. making a living, 
touring, playing with Motorhead, playing with other bands, playing festivals. I, I can remember 30 years ago, as a 17-year-old kid, I, I didn't bat a fucking eyelid. Yeah. Yeah. It made absolutely no difference to me. It wasn't like, sure. oh my God, what's it? It's just, it's like, it's, it's just another metal band. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's, it's the, the metal community recognises good bands. Don't matter. You're black. Oh God, doesn't matter if you're black or white. For fuck's sake, am I really going to go there? But, I guess Pop does talk about it every once in a while. But, 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 but doesn't matter if it's it doesn't matter if it's black or if you're black or white or Chinese or male or female or rich or poor or middle class or it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. What's the metal like? You are going to be judged on your music. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. This scene does not recognise anything other than the music. You know, oh, yeah. You know, people have the piss taken out of them for. I mean, fucking baby metal. Come on. <laughs> I mean, I fucking hate it, and you fucking love it. But the point is, totally embraced. Yeah. Totally embraced by this scene. Yeah. I might add to its detriment, but no, no. I mean, but I mean, yeah. And it's like the, what that black metal movement is only a small part of the you know history of. Of, oh of yeah, metal, the, of murder know? and church burning and stuff yeah, like that. It, oh, that's got more to do well, with mental illness than it has with heavy metal. But like this idea that, like you know, well, some of those bands have got some Nazi uh, ideologies. You know, look at was it uh, Destruction Six 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 that they were Destroyer Six Six Six? You know, Nazis. They're just Nazis. It's all right. You know, go, <laughs> don't go, whatever. But it ain't my shit. You know. Yeah, but again. Don't ban them. Don't stop them playing festivals. I want to. Well, see, I, I want to see him. Do, I want to see you doing gig because I want to see who turns up and goes down the front and goes, "Yay!" Now I know. I disagree with you on now the festival. I, now, thing. now I know. There's some. There's more racists. Yeah, um, but you know, there's more more Nazis. You know, like as far as the festivals are concerned, I think that like you know you curate a festival. There is somebody or there's a team of people who are curating who's going to show up because. Uh, they want to... Unfortunately, there is, because we don't get on a lot of festivals. <laughs> <laughs> but they want to, uh, uh, you know, project, uh, uh, you know, a certain amount of quality that represents the festival brand, and they want to provide bands that they're going to want that audience to really enjoy and, and, and associate with their festival. So... I don't. I don't. I don't think putting a Nazi band on a festival bill is is. Yeah, but to be fair, is this even a discussion? It, I mean, it, 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 it barely happens. happens. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Barely exactly. happens. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, look, um, that is um, one hour ten minutes of pure oh, godless there. Yeah. Well, sort uh, of. No, no, absolutely. Um, and um, uh, I just want to say it's been it's been a pleasure spending the last twenty eight hours in your um, in your oh, company. Good. Yeah, vice versa. In, in half an hour, you and, survived. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, and you. <laughs> yeah, it's like you can't believe well, it, and neither can no, I. No, no. See, for me, it's easy because I know, like, uh, you know, I throw out a topic, and you're going to go. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. But ditto. Time flies by. You yeah, know? yeah. Exactly. It's like, I, and I know that's that that's going to happen wherever yeah. this and wherever this comes out. Whether it's my Patreon, whether it's mine, whether it's mine and your Patreon. Yeah. Um, you know, this is for 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 people who want to see behind the curtain to a certain extent. I mm-hmm. personally, I think this would be. I think this would go down really well on your. You know, as a, like a final <laughs> Patreon offering. Um, to, for your guys, for certainly a little bit more of a, a background on you yeah. as you say goodbye, as it were. Yeah. Um, but that's up to uh, that's up to you. I'll make the I'll make the file available. Oh, awesome. and you can do, you can you. do with it whatever you want. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, no, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure, and well, I'm I sure gotta, it's not you know it's I, not the last time we're going to do. I got to say, like you know, when the the uh, 
reunion show for the Beyond came up, you know, would I have come over here and figured out how to get my ass to Darby on my own? No. <laughs> I wouldn't have made the investment or anything. But to be able to do so and get time, get to be able to spend this amount of time with you <laughs> and be able to see a band that I love, that, that was a slam dunk. Oh, cool, man. Well, that's, that, that is really nice of you to say so. Thank you very, very much. True. That's very, very true. Thank you very much. This is in danger of becoming... Um, very, um, very sexy. <laughs> um, uh, but, uh, yeah, no, no, I mean, it's been, yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure. It's been an absolute pleasure. And, and like I said, I just, I threw it out there to you as soon as I saw, because I just thought, yeah, I know how much you love the beyond. Yeah. And this is, this is literally a one off, a chance not to be missed. Right. Um, and, and, and also I knew that you would actually be, be capable of getting from Dublin to London. To my house, <laughs> and, and, uh, and that's being able. Do you know what I mean? Oh there's, man, there's plenty of people I could have told that there's going. It's like, uh, yeah, they're not going to get to the end of their street. I without, used to do. Um, I used to do road managing all the time back in the day, right. and uh, did that for years. I could, I could do anything in an airport. I could. I knew how to get to wherever. If the car breaks down, I'll figure it out. You know, all that sort of stuff. Man, since I got married, I don't control any of my travel yeah so i get yeah. like really anxious now because it's been so long since i was sort of left to my own devices getting from point a to point b but figured out how to do it thank goodness do you know me. what i'm gonna do i'm gonna do you a favor mm. and do you a favor do you know what i'm gonna do when's your birthday uh i didn't even see that. what yeah when is it i don't celebrate my birthday you don't celebrate your birthday yeah okay that's absolutely fine all right cool when's your birthday <laughs> I didn't ask you if you celebrated your birthday. I asked you when your fucking no, birthday was. I don't was. even recognize it. Which month? Uh, January. Ja oh, it's just past. Okay, right. Yeah. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to give you a Christmas present. For Christmas, <laughs> I'm going to, which I'm sure you yeah. celebrate. <laughs> um, I'm going to get you a sewing machine. Okay? A sewing machine? Yeah. So you can sew your balls back on. <laughs> uh, I am very, very happily married. Yeah, I know. And I'm, I'm very pleased for you. I'm pleased for your kid. You're going to get to spend more time with him instead of in <laughs> yeah. your man cave doing podcasts. But hopefully we won't see the last of you. That'd be great. Because uh, yeah. I, for one, will miss you when I speak to the entire metal community yeah, uh, on, in this particular instance. <laughs> Godless, thank you very much. Thank you. Cheers. Man. And there's Godless there. Um, we and, and, yeah, it was kind of like... Um, we, uh, as you see, we went quite, went quite deep, quite dark. I was, uh, it was, it, I was quite surprised by that. Um, I was surprised that we still had something to talk about, having spent the previous thirty-six hours doing nothing but jibber jabbing in each other's ears. Um, having done, you know, an hour podcast on the way to the gig and an hour podcast back as well, which you can all be listening to very soon. And, um, well, I hope you enjoyed that. I'm hoping to have Godless on, um, as and when. Um, I'd like to get him on being a little bit more of a, a permanent fixture. He's, um, just, uh, I think, um, just trying to decide how he wants to play things, um, at the moment, which is perfectly understandable. Um, and uh, fucking hell, honestly, this is just crazy shit going on. Um, every time I'm, um, well, I've, I've recorded the last bit about an hour ago. Normally, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm smashing through this, but um, the the tablet is really struggling. So what I'm going to actually have to do is I'm recording each bit separately, and then I'm uploading them individually, and then sharing them with Craig, who is then going to download them and piece them together into one beautiful, big, MP3-type 
podcast file. Um, it's absolutely insane. Um, that was just good old cable fell out the back of the mic again. I don't know. I, I wish there was a way to stop that happening, but there seriously isn't. Okay. So yeah, all sorts of crazy goings on trying to make sure that you all, you all get what, what you want when you want it. Um, so doing our best here, guys, doing our best. So where were we? Um, the new tool prow, the new tool album apparently is prog at its most atmospheric, says Sebastian Bach. Yeah, that's right. King shit of not a lot is basically trying to lay out the, uh, yeah, this is, oh, it's going to sound great. Yeah, the new tool up. I wouldn't take Sebastian Pack's um, opinion on fucking the quality of some eggs. I don't know why I've gone for eggs, but I wouldn't take his word of quality on eggs, as it happens. Or potatoes, or sweet potatoes, or onions, or grapes, or kumquats. <laughs> I'm just fucking talking shit here. I get you, you get where I'm coming from. I don't trust his word on it. And I certainly don't trust his word on when it comes to fucking... Uh, getting um, getting Skid Row back together because that's not happening. That's right, Godless. It's not happening. I've talked to you about that before. And um, Dave the Snake Sabo. He seems to have dropped the snake. Funny that, isn't it? How um, getting older, he's decided to drop the euphemism for his penis between his first and last name. Um, always felt that was a little bit over the top myself. Do you know what I mean? Calling yourself basically Dave the Cock Sabo. I mean, over here that's like the cock as in you are a cock. You're a fucking cock, mate. You're a cock. The cock means the cock of cocks. You're the cock of cocks. You're the worst cock or the best at being the worst cock. The best cock at being the worst cock. There's a lot of cocks involved. That's all. I mean, it just seems a bit weird, you know. Randy Blythe, you know. Could have gone Dave. Could have gone Dave Blythe. Still amazed. Still amazed he went for Randy. Dave Blythe, mate. It's Dave Blythe. That's, that, that's, that's what your name is. Although I did hear that apparently it is Bly. Um, that is the correct, correct pronunciation. Um, but you know me. Never one to listen to anybody. So it's Randy Blythe. But funnily enough, um, there was something he mentioned earlier that I did want to go back to. Um, on the on the school shootings, I know, I know not a very uh, not not a very heavy metal subject, but on the school shootings um, recently, he I just thought he was really cool. He just said, "Look, um, we need to do something because thoughts and prayers ain't working." And I just thought, "Boom, dude, just fucking laid it out there for everybody." Yeah, thoughts and prayers ain't working. Sort it out. Um. Now, something else, I'm a little bit late on, and I apologise about this if you're already aware of them, um, and that is the wonderful, nay, the beautiful uh, Lost in Vegas. George and Ryan from Lost in Vegas on YouTube, okay? Um, they are fucking brilliant. George and Ryan here with another... <laughs> George and Ryan with another... With another unbiased real reaction coming at you. Shout out to our three frinkers. How you living? Um, that's the intro to nearly every video. Basically, they're two guys who know a lot about hip hop. Um, and they've slowly got into metal. And it's a fucking joy, uh, listening to them, watching their really spot on, um, 
sometimes take down, but invariably the way they interpret interpret the way in they interpret music is perfect for guys coming from a completely other completely different genre they are looking at metal completely on its own totally unbiased not looking at you know anything that it brings to the table um other than right you know is this any good is this stuff any good and to see them rave about metal bands and and go off about what brilliant musicians some of these guys are is is just phenomenal. Honestly, I cannot recommend it enough. You will disappear down a um, a Lost in Vegas uh, YouTube rabbit hole one night. You really will because they are just awesome to watch. Um, I mean, every time I get a notification on my phone that they've posted a new reaction to a metal tune, I just I just puts a smile on my face. And not only that, not only do they get this get it spotted on, sp- spotted on. Not only do they get it spot on, but on a couple of tracks, they've actually expanded my understanding of those songs. Very very um intuitive understanding of lyrics from both of them. And, um, it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's a sight to behold. It really is. It's, I don't know what it is that makes it feel so special. Um, every time I see these guys, I just want to reach into my TV and give them a big fucking hug, you know, and just go, thanks guys. Thanks. Fucking love it. Cause when they love something, they love it. And they are, and they are really, really, you know they've been they've been um welcomed into the world of metal and they are fucking honestly just just watch some it's amazing and a cup i mean one a song by a one by one band it was um blackbird by um oh fucking hell i wish i knew oh i shouldn't have said this should i the the, <laughs> the band that was formed from the ashes of creed um Oh God, I can't remember their name. That's really annoying. I'm sorry. Um, I am going to have to look it up. But anyway, they were talking about the um, the song Blackbird, um, and they and they played it. And wow, what a tune! What a tune! Um, I I I genuinely haven't really played this band much. And don't get me wrong, it's not my kind of thing, really. Um, as in, it's not my kind of regular listen, but for an actual one-off song, the way they broke the lyrics down, um, examined the guitars and the, the transitions, they're very keen on transitions, or as you call them, changes. Um, but really, that song just, um, yeah, it, I, I was, I was really, really blown away by it. And, um, yeah, I, I guess it's, it's 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 really kind of opened my eyes in some ways that these guys have gone on and uh, you know they've created their own youtube channel and yes it's just talking about music but it's the way they do it it's the passion they know what they're talking about alter bridge thank you sorry it's taken that long alter bridge blackbird great tune but these guys have also played some bits of other bands that I like. And I've thought, oh, I've, I've, I haven't heard anything off that album. And thought, bloody hell, that's, that's fucking really good. And, and dived in. So I, like I said, you know, George and Ryan, how you living? I really, um, I cannot, cannot 
suggest strongly enough that you check them out. It's not for everybody, but um, it's just it's just a really good time. And like I said, when you see when you see metal being appreciated properly by musicians who know what the fuck they're talking about, it really does. It really does. Yeah, puts a spring in your step. And rolling straight on, let's talk about somebody else who knows what they're talking about and puts your spring in your st- spring in your step. It's Chris McGarrell, um, uh, journalist with mainly prog, but also uh, little bits of uh, uh, of metal hammer here and there. But um, Chris and I met um, uh, one of the places where I do a pub quiz, and he was walking through and he wore a beanie with Voivod on it, and I kind of went, oh. And we got talking and there we are. I think, I think I talk about this in the interview, so, um, probably don't want to talk too much about this, but we cover all sorts of shit here, including, including, what is prog exactly? That's right. We ask that very question. So, this was, uh, Chris and I meeting up a few weeks ago and having a chat. Enjoy. Dun, 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 dun. Hello, um, so I am in the pub. Um, this is, funnily enough, you're sat in the exact spot where Bruce Dickinson was sat when, um, when I met him. Um, I'm trying not to stare right through you right, right <laughs> yeah. in, a, in a very awkward manner. Oh, right, manner. so you've, um, you've, you've, you've heard that bit then? I've heard that anecdote, yeah. Yeah. I, I think I was as disappointed as you were with, with that yeah, encounter. Yeah, I, mean, I, I tried to keep it off the podcast as long as I could, certainly um, when the book had just come out, because I was, I was conscious that he, like, you know, he's one of the good guys. We all yeah. feel yeah. he was one of the good guys, and, and that experience was just, um, yeah, well, yeah, disappointing to say the least. Um, so anyway, here I am with um, Chris McGarrell. Um, who I met because I do the pub quiz here um, every week. Um, I uh, I run the quiz, and uh, you walked through wearing a Voivod beanie, didn't you? I did. Yeah, you're always always representing Voivod. Yeah, absolutely. And and here we are. Yeah. But we we actually ended up that night, didn't we? Texting about um, about Marillion. That's right. Yeah, we we exchanged phone numbers and we said well, we, we we've got to meet and have a chat because we yeah. we obviously had a love of thrash and. and Esoteric thrash, if you like, with Voivod. Um, and then, yeah, we were chatting about Marillion and, and what an influence they had been on both of us. And I was like, obviously, I knew of Acid Rain, and it was, a, you know, obviously a delight to meet you. Um, <laughs> obviously, as everyone is. Um, but to, to find out that, that you were also a Marillion fan and they'd made such an impact in your life was, yeah. was, was, was quite something for me to find out. Well, you, well um, the, this month's podcast is going to be coming so this month it's January we're meeting up now um, it's going to come out at the end of this month and that's the one I've got fish on yeah um, so I am um, yeah um, I, it, it was it was an amazing experience it really was um, and there's there's more to tell because obviously on the Christmas podcast as I put up I was I was I recorded all the Christmas podcasts in the afternoon before going to the gig so everyone's had the lead up stories to what happened yeah and um uh, then there's the okay, you know what happened when I went to the gig, which I will, I'll tell you all about off mic. But um, needless to say, it was, um, it was, uh, yeah, it was an amazing experience. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, I, I've, I've met Fish a couple of times. I've never spent a long time in his company. But he's just such a giant of a man, you know, li- <laughs> literally. Yeah. Uh, but also, you know, in, in the kind of impact that he has had on people's lives. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, w- I wouldn't be a writer now without um, Fish's lyrics. 
it, yes, that's it, it had such an impact on my life when, when I was a teenager. Yeah, I, um, I had very much the same experience. In fact, during the interview, um, he said to me, look, I'm a writer who can sing. And, and, and I said in the interview, yeah, I'm very much the same. And do you know what? That's the first time ever that I've actually really found the way of putting things into words. Because often band members have said, like, oh, it depends, you know, when you were writing this, you know, when you're thinking about a particular melody line or a particular rhythm. And I've always thought, not at all, no, I'm, I'm, when, if I'm writing lyrics, I'm, I'm sure I am writing words. That's it. Yeah. I'm not thinking of where they're going to end up. And that's why usually I'm such a nightmare in the studio, because I'm having to pull words out and all the play. You know, because I haven't written with music in mind, I have just written to make my point and that's kind of that that all comes from though, that early exposure at like 13 14 years old to yeah. to these sonnets that you know fish used to write oh yeah i mean i was listening to the fugazi album last night um just uh, the the density of the words in putting them into a line yeah um it must have been a nightmare for the other musicians and they go, you know, fish do you really want to do this um but they just work so well, and his phrasing and the the, the nuances he gets from his voice, because you know, massively influenced by Peter Hamill from Van Graaff Generator, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and who's my favorite vocalist of all time. I think he's incredible. Um, you know, he was called the Jimi Hendrix of the voice. And, and you can hear that in Fish, um, just the way he intones certain things and the way he he can go from a really sweet. I mean, think of the start of script for Jester's Tear. Oh yeah. Here I so here I am once more in the playground of broken hearts. Just such lovely uh, sort of medieval style yeah. of, of, of phrasing and the tone of his voice, and then he can get really hard in stuff like the, the Fugazi title track. Yeah. Um, really vicious. Uh, it's, it's that dynamic. Uh, uh, range that he has yeah uh, you know he wasn't the greatest singer of all time um, far from it but just the the emotions that he can put into one line just incredible yeah and and I mean you know there's 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 singer, singers and there's vocalists yeah. I, I yeah. definitely consider myself to be in the, the second group um, but ultimately I think you know <laughs> Everybody know everybody knows what emoting lyrics means now because X Factor and Britain's Got Talent ran it down everyone's faces. Yeah. But it, it is the ability to communicate what you're saying in a way that you mean it. The same way that an actor um, you know, owns their lines and becomes becomes that character. You know, that's why they have mental breakdowns and things like that. Is is and, and and you know, look, H Massive Rain. That's a that's a character. Do you know what I mean? Me on me on stage with the band and all the rest. That's all. That, that is a that is a character. But yeah. when, when but the writing of the lyrics, the putting together the music, that's very much me. You know, that's that's from that's, the heart. That, that, exactly. That's that's Howard. You know, um, and and I think that's an important. Um, distinction to make as well which is studio and live yeah. because there's people who are great in the studio um, and they, you know at, at live they just can't seem to you know create that same kind of or create a, an atmosphere an engaging atmosphere or persona whereas some people might not be that great in the studio and then but they, they, they bring it to life live um, and but also, you, you can tell when someone's phoning it in you can tell a good actor from a bad actor yeah you, uh, you, can, you can tell a good 
someone who's emoting falsely, which is basically what well, I sound like a granddad now, but that's that's kind of what we have in modern music nowadays in pop music. Oh yeah, it's false false emoting. Oh oh, you, you, the, the 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 wailing of a voice now it yeah. means emotion. So yeah. holding out one note and going up and down for a while means yeah. you really mean it. Yeah, you know, and the plethora of um, eighties pop tunes that are being covered in breathless female vocals. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Her name is real. (laughs) Yeah. And all, just like, and some of these advertising companies have bought into this as well. Yeah. So we've we've now just got a lot of breathless female cover versions, which apparently are, you know, that, that makes it a lot more touching and sensitive as opposed to ruining the original. Yeah, I, I, I think we we have kind of lost something in the artistic world there because I, I do you know again I'm going to sound like a granddad but do kids these days listen to music and can they actually tell real emotion from false emotion or is it just all a, a bit of a muchness? To, well, it's, well, it's muchness. interesting you say because if you if you go into the world of metal, we are by no um, we are by no means. Um, uh, immune from this because what you're describing reminds me very much of um, I hear a lot of stuff now where I think hey this has got yeah okay there's some riffs and this has got potential oh the vocals are pretty good yeah that's okay then it goes to the chorus oh different guys doing the uh, the chorus oh no it's the same bloke is it it's the same bloke who two seconds ago we go so we go between, and the chorus comes in it's like, hey everybody and I just think Really? I mean, for me, this kind of... It, it, it almost started with sort of Fear Factory, and, and, and uh, it, which was a lot more subtle. And then, and then Corey and Slipknot kind of brought it on a bit. We now have a whole genre, I don't know what you call it, of bands where it's one vocalist and it's clean and aggressive singing. And I, I don't know, I, I end up feeling like both end up sounding disingenuous. Because it's like, well, I don't believe this guy is really angry. And, and I don't know, it's just it's the, the, the clashing of the two styles. I think, and, and I think, that, you know, Corey and Slipknot, they do it so well. That is why they are where they are. That's why yeah. they can play stadiums all over the world. That's why they can lose members and still keep going. Because you're talking about the voice of a generation. And when bands below, in the tiers below, do that thing, for me, I just get turned off. I couldn't name one of them that I like. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think they're, they're only picking up on the very superficial elements of what makes uh, Corey so good. I mean, if you think of um, duality and that mm. the harsh yeah. vocal with the absolutely brilliant uh, clean vocal as well, yeah. um, that's when it's done really well. And that's, that that is the Jekyll and Hyde. That is the duality, and that's what you can feel. This you know, we all have different. You know, we have our animal instincts, and we have our. our you know, if you want to get into kind of Freudian stuff, you've got the, you know, your ego and your superego and your id. Um, but we, we're all made up of, of, of those different uh, sides to our personality. And Corey really nails that. Yeah. Um, and Michael Ackerfeld from Opeth, those yeah. death growls, he really means those. But when he sings clean, my God, he's one of the greatest male vocalists I've ever heard. And so there, there are a few paragons that you can hold up and say they, these guys do it really well. But you're right. Whenever people just try to mimic what they're doing, they do it in a half-arsed way. 
Yeah. Uh, and it just it just becomes a kind of generic mush. Yeah. And it lacks emotion. Well, also, I think I think um, the key to what Corey does is that he in in his growly stuff. There's still melody. There's still an incredible voice there. Yeah. Even when he's really fucking going for it, he's still never like treading on death metal. Do you know style vocal? He is. He is still smacking it out. And then you hear, uh, uh, and then I hear the back, you know, like I said, the, you know, bounce of the tears, tears below. And um, and they've gone for the right. I'm going to do absolute fucking total growling death metal dirge here mm-hmm. and then I'm going to go really clean and really great and funnily enough you know um, speaking of you know Corey and Slip not being the masters of this um, uh, one of their albums um, oh shit I'm just trying to think which one it was the one with Psychosocial on Oh, I can't remember. Here goes, here goes memory time. Yeah. People are shouting at the speakers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going, for fuck's sake! And for that album, um, I, I, it went too far for me because I just, I thought the heavy stuff was fucking great, um, but they, they, it had gone too. These were almost Nickelback choruses, you know, wedged onto Slipknot stuff. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I actually preferred the last album because it was it, it, it wasn't as much as that but again I, I just think the the two extremes if it was two singers I'd be like okay maybe who am I kidding myself still probably wouldn't like it and in some cases it is two singers um, it just yeah it, it's it's not something that I, I can find myself getting into yeah you know? Those are. I mean, we started talking about this because of Fish and his. We did. You, I tell you what, you, you're very good at this because you're used to doing the interview. <laughs> so you've actually got us back to the original point. I would have gone, gone off on another fucking tangent, as you know. <laughs> but, but you're right there, because we, we we started talking about um, the extremes of harsh and clean, whereas there are obviously shades of grey in between. Mm-hmm. No pun intended on. on Slip, no. slip there, but, yeah, very um, good, very good. <laughs> professional writer. <laughs> um, it's you know it's interesting to get your take on this as, as a vocalist yourself. Um, uh, I mean, do you find yourself thinking, you know, whenever you're recording out the mic? Uh, do you do you find yourself having different voices? Um, yeah, I, you do, but I think it's it's the weird thing about recording is uh, I can only can speak about my experience is that I am so focused on delivering every line the best you can and being in that in, in that kind of space whereby you are just giving it everything. I mean, singing you know singing in the studio is just so different. Uh, it's, I mean, you know, laying down one song in the studio is harder than doing an entire gig. Right. Because if, for a start, you're in there longer. Yeah. You're singing harder. Yeah. It's not the running around, but believe you me, it's, it's fucked. Um, and I, I get such a focus that I don't, I don't actually become... I don't actually relax. What I'll usually do is once we've got the whole thing in the can, well, I'll listen back and say, like, oh, can I do this here? Or can we do that here? And I'll look, invariably, the producer will always say, stop, you're done. It's over. And it's like, yeah, but I was just, I'm just starting to enjoy it now. Yeah. Um, which sounds kind of odd, but it's, it's literally, you're so focused that 
you, you, you're not conscious of actually enjoying what you do you know or it's I'm not explaining this very well. Just go into, I, I just tend to go into another place and I'm very easily, I will work, whoever I'm recording vocals with, I will work with them. I'm all about the collaboration. Do you know what I mean? I won't go in and say, right, this is set in stone, this is how I am going to do it. And I'd be very disappointed if somebody just sat there and went, yeah, great, next line, yeah, great, next line. It's like, no, I want to be challenged, I want somebody to say, hey, what about this idea? Or, will you see what you're doing there? You could just do that instead and that would, and so you've always got to be kind of open, I think, you've always got to be open because that person has got you know the third person perspective whereas you are total vision in a booth you know just yeah. going for it so but, from, from demo to final recording oh, artifact world of difference it's a, it's a work in progress the world, whole way along world of difference I mean I played um, our last single The Man Who Became Yourself to a few people I played the demo of it to a few people and they were like oh yeah yeah it's alright yeah, it's pretty cool yeah and then I played them the finished article and they were like fucking hell that's it's just, it's just like totally different it's like well yeah a demo is, is it's a demonstration it is a guide yeah. and that is all and it's and you know that's very much I mean we've got I've got eight demos on my phone and new stuff and um, it's all it's all work in progress you know and, and, and we're all it's just shifting all the time I mean one of the songs has been completely rearranged from the version that's on my phone so I can't even listen to it anymore. yeah um so it, yeah, there, there's there's those stages, but the, the, the but the different kind of voices you were asking about. Yes, I, I think there is there is um, as long as it. I'm always keen to keep the integrity of the song. Do you know what I mean? And it comes back to the, as you said earlier, the message that you're trying to get across Absolutely. in the lyrics. Yes, yes. So um, we've got a new song that's going to be on the next album, which is um, about a horror film. And that will require a different kind of delivery because it's about horror films. It's about a particular horror film, um, and and so that will that will require a, a, a different delivery to all of the other songs on the album. Um, and one of the songs is it's quite snide, and that's so that's kind of got a snidey kind of vocal line to it. But the vocal line is like is, is, is a bit snide. I won't deliver it snidely. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. No, 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 I'm disappearing at my own arse. But that's that's kind no, of. It's an inter- interesting insight into how a, a lyricist and a, and a vocalist can be different people within the one. Oh God, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, and and I think uh, again, there's going to be a song in the next album where there's a um, there, there's a chorus. Um, which is is quite light compared, to, so so it's musically light and it's mel- and it's uh, melodically light. It's a chorus and it's but the song is is very intense. The lyrics are very intense and the lyrics are very intense to the chorus as well because the melody is light and 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 the um, the music about that the melody the whole chorus is light. You still have to retain the integrity of the delivery, whilst at the same time retaining the melody as well. So it's kind of like you know you, you kind of you're battling to for the for the for the vocals to have the same impact they do in the verse. But this is you know it's just this is a bit more more melodious. It's a bit more kind of like it's a bit softer. If yeah. You like. But it's still got to retain the impact. Yeah. So it's it, it's constantly a, a kind of you know a, a juggling act. Yeah, um, and I think also I think I think some people there's a there's a you can overemphasize it. 
um, there's a there's a line in one of the demos where they talk about songwriters um, and still feeling weak and something I did on the demo which I don't like is I'm still feeling weak and pronounce the word weak weakly right. and, it, and it's like ah no that is that's the absolute opposite of what you want to be doing because that's too on the nose yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean that's like an actor coming out and going right you know it says on this page be angry yeah, yeah. and they're like all angry and it's like well you can be angry by saying that same script in a really calm very focused manner yeah. and that will be just as angry as stomping around and, yeah. um, but I mean let, let the lyrics speak for themselves rather than over hamming it well yeah and it's funny you should say that because I've had this conversation uh, a few times on the podcast about and um, I'd be interested to get your input on this which would be you know the the lost art of lyric writing um, or you know or, or, or is it becoming a lost art I mean we have lyric videos now um, which you know we did one for last album um, because it was free so you know, that yeah. explains that um, I'm not, don't get me wrong I'm not against them but it's almost like that's the la- that we are now reduced to the bouncing ball to try and get people to engage with what, with what we're fucking saying that's true I, but I mean YouTube is a delivery mechanism for music if you want to get your stuff heard YouTube is one of the organs that, that, where you can get your stuff heard well I, I, but I, for I, people under 30 it is by far and away 67% or something like that right for people under 30 it's, but it's YouTube they're not just going to look at a band logo and listen to the song there needs to be some visual aid there and unfortunately you're right it could it, it could be the, the karaoke bouncing ball with, with lyrics coming up and it's a cheap way of doing it but it, it's it's one way of doing it just to get your your music out there um, I've, I've seen recently a, a few bands uh, doing just kind of you know those visualizer um, plugins that you used to get for Winamp so you, you know, it, it would just be a, like a waveform that goes with the music people have actually put some of those out you know, actual professional bands and professional labels have put those out as legitimate videos legitimate and inverted covers uh, they, you know, because they they think that this is going to be some sort of visual aid to to help people to to engage with the song. It's just not. It's just. I, yeah, I'd, I'd almost rather just see a scrolling Star Wars scroll of the lyrics yeah. rather than this half-arsed visualised plug-in. But this is what I mean. It's, it's with with obviously the sales of physical products continuing to uh, to decrease. This is this is what I mean. It's like you know. Uh, Brackets, you know, inverted commas, kids these days going out of their way to find out what a band's saying. Or are they just not really that bothered? This is what I mean by, you know, yeah. that, 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 the lost art of lyric writing. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not so cynical yet as I, I, to think that, that people don't give a crap anymore about some lyrics. I think they're, they are extremely important. And if, if they're good, then, then people... Uh, hopefully respond to, to the art of of lyric writing because it, it is an art we, we, we need that um, well the thing is as well is, is I, I, I remember having a, a discussion with a girl I worked with once and she was like oh I love my music I love my music yeah I love my music I was like alright oh, what bands no it's compilations really more compilations of like oh, okay um what kind of music well it's like you know house garage all stuff like that I was like right okay 
And what about, um, you know, what about, about you know, lyrics? What, oh, I'm not bothered about words. I'm not really bothered about what, what they say. Mm. And I was like, you know, face part. Just like, people who listen to the podcast know I always go on about this point. But publishing, as in when a band gets paid for their music, it's distributed 50% to the lyric writer and 50% to the writer of the music. Right, yeah. Unless there's an internal... You know, unless there's an internal agreement otherwise, that is how the music industry separates revenue for songs, for music. Yeah. That is what is generally agreed, as in the words are as 50% of the deal. What you know? What if we are purely an instrumental band? There's not a post rock band and math rock. Well, you get 100%, with, with, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, yeah. no, 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 sorry, sorry. You get everyone gets an even share yeah, apart from the bass player, obviously. <laughs> Um, but I mean, this reminds me of, of, of Frank Zappa because all, all he wanted to ever do was write orchestral music, and he wrote, you know, crazy songs about women not being able to achieve, to achieve orgasm and crazy, um, you know, what were seen as, as risque lyrics. But they're they're the albums of the songs that sold. But they allowed him to have a fund where he could hire the London Symphony Orchestra in order to do his orchestral music. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, mean, I don't know. I, I, I always um, gravitate towards lyrics because I... I, I we're going back to fish again, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, we are, aren't we? <laughs> can't avoid it. We can't avoid it. He is, he is the fish in the room. Um I, I just love good lyrics, um, yeah. but but they're not the be all and end all. You know, I listen to classical yeah, yeah, music. I, agree, yeah. I listen to jazz. I listen to you know, as I said, post rock, math rock, whatever. I don't need to have lyrics, but when lyrics are done really, really well, yeah, like it adds something. I mean, yeah. Fish Neil Peart from Rush, just an incredible poet. Uh, yes, in my, in, in such my... a shame. He's such an agoraphobic human being, really, isn't he? Don't. Re- have you read any of his books? I haven't actually don't, read any. Don't, of because my best mate is favourite band Rush. Read his books, and it's really, really coloured his view. Right, bad because he's he is just so fucking miserable. Right, and just so like basically like my kind of guy, two hours, so. two two and a half hours on stage is the low light of his day. It's basically he, <laughs> he loves, wants to get on the motorbike. He, he likes yeah, yeah, he likes everything else. What he hates is doing the gig. Yeah, yeah. you know, which is which is a, you know a complete one eighty for most musicians. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, that, that's the day job. That's what he's paid to do. Uh, well, it is, but I think I, I think. You know, as a, well, it depends. Not everyone's so, but as, as a fan, you know, you hear that, and you just think, "Fucking hell!" You know, yeah. really. Uh, I mean, I think everybody in the music business has had the famous cold shoulder treatment from from Neil Peart. Yeah. Um, you know, well, well, I mean, it, it, it came out the other day. Uh, the guitarist Alex Lifeson came out and said. That's basically the end of Rush. We're not because there were rumours that him and Getty might do an album together, and, and Alex this week just came out and said that's basically we're done. There's there's no plans anymore, and you know I'm I'm glad 
But yeah. I, I, I fucking love Rush. Um, and I have done for decades. Yeah. Um, but they've earned every right to retire gracefully. Went out on a great album, went out on a great tour. You know, I've never met them, so I, I, I've never had to have that disappointed hero uh, worship thing where, you know, um, or I've never read Neil's books. And, I was going to say, if you want the disappointed fan, well, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's all there in print. Yeah, yeah, thanks for that. Um, so yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm I'm actually glad that they're going on. I have really fond memories. I've seen them numerous times. They're the greatest gigs I've ever seen in my life. I love them bits. That's the end of it. Good on them. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny you should mention that because I guess we, we should move on to the news that broke uh, just a few days ago. Um, Slayer. Slayer. Yeah, um, yeah. Hanging it up. Yeah. And again, I, I'm i not sad about that. You know, I, I'm not either. I, 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 they were... I, I'm, there's going to be people, people shouting at me now, but Slayer are not the band now that they were when they did. Green and Blood, obviously, Sides of Heaven, Seasons in the, in the Abyss. Jeff, Jeff. Well, yeah, exactly. You know, they, they're phenomenal, seminal albums. Um, they were never to be repeated, but that, that's why they're so incredible. Yeah. And I think they had a resurgence in the last couple, last few albums. I think I think I think Repentance is a, is a worthy yeah. album to go out on. Absolutely, I agree. Um, yeah. And I, and I think the, the lineup they've got at the moment is is immense. Um, yeah, big fan of big fan of Gary's, big fan of Bossa. Yeah, um, uh, Lombardo practically threw himself out of the band. You know, you do the reading, you do the research, it's all out there. Yeah, you know, he, he it wasn't a Kerry King money thing. It was a Lombardo holding the rest of the band to ransom unless I get this thing. Yeah, um, and it was a miscalculation on his part. Um, and Tom signed off on it as well. Tom didn't want him back in the band in the first place. Yeah. Um, and he was merely an employee as far as Tom was concerned. So that whole thing, um, for me, I kind of put that to bed a, lo- a long time ago. And I love, I love Boss Stuff as well. He's yeah, totally different from Dave, but he's, he's a fucking beast. Yeah, absolutely, um, yeah. But also, I think um, the online reaction I've read everywhere has been pretty much universally oh well never mind you know it's the end of an era actually I'm quite glad going out there's a few people saying oh you know a few harder call them now dickheads you know oh you know they've been shit since they sold out on Raiding Blood you know you always get those those, those idiots but then you know there's a few comments like oh well you know no no Lombardo equals no Slayer etc etc but mostly I've, I've been actually been pleasantly surprised with a lot of people going yeah do you know what this is a this is a sensible move I'll definitely go to that tour and I think a lot of what I've seen from a lot of people is I'm definitely going to that oh I'll definitely go to that yeah. as opposed to when you announce that you're not that you're going to do one last world tour and everyone goes yeah one too many not bothered yeah you know I think it, it's I, and I'll you know they'll roll through the UK and I'll definitely go because it's the last time I'm ever going to get, go see Slayer yeah. and I've probably seen them more than any other band that I've seen live I've seen Slayer live more than anyone else yeah um I mean, I, I, we've only seen the uh, the American tour uh, build so yeah. but Anthrax going out with Slayer I mean that's fucking huge well Anthrax it's what Anthrax Testament yeah um, Behemoth yeah it's just that, that, that's oh and Lamb of God Lamb of God of course yeah 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 
Uh, I don't know what that bill's going to look like when it comes to Europe, but it's nothing even, like it, that. If it's even half as good as that, yeah. that is phenomenal. It will be, but uh, yeah, it'll be nothing like that, will it? Um, but it, it'll be interesting to see what they do. But I think that particular set of bands are. Europe is Europe is an easier place to tour basically because will come out it's it's you know touring the states is the one way you need to put these incredible builds together to get people yeah to, to turn out if you're at that Slayer level um, and you want to play those slightly bigger places but over here you know Slayer pretty much know they can sell out Bruce in the country so uh, you know where's the next step from there well, the next step from there is Wembley Arena and Slayer are not an arena band yeah. they are a Bristol Academy band so you know there's no bill that they can bring over in the UK that is going to mean Wembley Arena yeah. so it's, it's it's just a different market it's a completely different market but in the States you know you've got 1500 capacity then you've got two and a half three and a half 8,000 you know there's, there's plenty to choose from yeah 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 but here I don't think it'll make a great deal of difference I mean yeah. it's still, it'll still be a, an awesome lineup, whoever it is but you know hopefully Acid Rain will be open <laughs> I, d- I doubt it very second much. on the bill surely yeah special guests Slayer opening for, Slayer opening for us whatever yeah I'm, 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 good, for, I'm good with that yeah I'm good with that so um you um how did you end up writing for Metal Hammer Prog magazine and all the rest of it. Uh, well, basically, I, I just started writing about music because I'm just a massive music nerd, basically. Um, I started writing about music about seven years ago online. I wrote for a few blogs and I joined Twitter, and people started to pick up on my reviews. Uh, well, and people with some. Um, experience in, in the print industry and in the journalism industry so uh, uh, Dom Lawson from uh, Metal Hammer who's the, the, uh, the editor at large of Metal Hammer at the time uh, he's, he's become a, a good friend now you know he picked up on my stuff got me a few uh, interviews with people like Primus you know I interviewed Les, Les Claypool for, oh, for Metal awesome. Hammer oh he was so good I'm, he's a guy I'd love to get on the podcast yeah yeah we, we just just as a side note, uh, um, the interview I did with him was about an hour long, but I was only writing like a 500-word summary of uh, when they when they were doing the uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory uh, right. album that they did. I think yeah. it was about 2014 that came out. So uh, there's so much of that interview that was never used, but it was basically me and him talking about all this weird shit. Like uh, you know, Jorowski's June and Magma, uh, and all this, all this crazy esoteric drug fuel stuff that he's into, and none of that ever made it <laughs> into the into this because it wasn't relevant to, 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 to talking about chocolate bars. And but that's the beauty. That's the beauty of the podcast. Yeah, that really exactly. Is, yeah, you yeah, can yeah. just roam all over the place. Yeah, he'd be amazing um, to get on the podcast. Well, it's, it's, I'm always keen to just have a chat with people. Do you yes. know what I mean? Whereas, whereas it has to be prescriptive if you're if you're a, yeah. a, a, you know working in print of any kind. Yeah, you have a brief, and, you, and you, you, there's a certain line that you need to uh, come up. You, you need to, to tread in order to, to get 
their news out because they've got a new album or a new tour or something like that so you, you've got to make sure that that line the angle as they call it you've got to make sure that you've got that angle but there's so much stuff on the outside that the, the tangents that you go off and that's where the podcast actually comes in yes yeah yeah because the thing is, even if I've got somebody on a regular, on a, you know, on a press tour, as it were, I'll try not to ask about the new album. I mean, I might ask the odd, the odd question, but we'll try and get it out of the way very quickly. Yeah. Just Because it's just the fact that you're wrong. People know that there's a new album. Yeah. So you don't need to spend half an hour to an hour talking about the new album. And yeah. also, where I see it is, and having been on the other, the other end of things, yeah. it's actually a relief. Yeah. Because if you're if you're if you're spending eight hours for interviews for the new album, there there comes a point where you are just you catch yourself saying the same things just on autopilot. Yeah. And you know, I'd like to try and be a little oasis, you know, of, of let's just talk shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, you're very um, good at that, I have to say. Oh, thank you, thank you very much. Thank you. Well, well so, sorry, we've sidetracked on uh, Les Claypool there. Um, yeah. No. Um, yeah. So. I mean, that's, you know, that's how I started writing for Hammer. Um, uh, you know, Dom Lawson picked up on, on stuff that I'd been doing on on, on blogs, uh, and then through him, he also writes for Prague, so he introduced me uh, my work to to people in Prague. Um, so I've been writing. I mean, I haven't done much for Metal Hammer in the last sort of two or three years. Everything's pretty much Prague these days. Um, so yeah. So you found your niche. Well, absolutely. Prague is my niche. I, mean, I, I love Prague. I love metal. Right. Okay. So here's the question for you. Yeah. Right. I've been having this discussion. Now, it would it would appear now that if you're a metal band and you write a song, and I think the threshold is seven minutes. Right. Right. If you write a song, if you if you've got an album with a bunch of songs that's seven minutes or more, all of a sudden you're prog. So right. Tool, yeah, prog or not, discuss. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not all about the length, as I'm sure you know. <laughs> well, you know, never had any problems in that department. Um, <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the quality. It, it's it's the. Um, yeah, I'll go, hang on, no, no, I've got to disagree here. Name prog bands who are knocking out albums that are full of three and a half and four minute songs. Uh, not very many of them. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's true. Mastodon, Mastodon, are they prog? But yeah, okay, right. No, no, I'm they, they have shortened the length of their songs from Crack the Sky days. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they have become the, uh, the new album is a lot more prog yes. than their previous two because you know you had kind of. Uh, um, cheerleader vocals on the last album, and the Hunter wasn't particularly proud. Uh, no, I, the I, new, the new enough, I love, I, I, I love right. the Hunter. I See, absolutely love That's where they lost me, man. Well, no, I, I liked Crack the Sky. Got me into Mastodon. Right. Okay. And then I went back and I got into Blood Mountain. Like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. And then, and then the Hunter. I just thought was just fucking. This is this is Mastodon stripping everything down. Yeah. And going here's twelve songs. Boom. That's it. Hmm. Um, and then once around, once more around the sun, I was like, mm, meh. But Emperor of Sand is is you know that is in my top five of the year without a doubt. Right. Yeah. That's. But again, sorry. Yeah, tangent man here. Um, Tool, Mastodon, there's two examples of, okay, so you've got your metal hammer hat on, you've got mm-hmm. your prog hat on. Yeah. Which magazine 
Which which product are you interviewing which band for? Right. Um, Tool definitely goes in the prog bucket. It does, does it? It does. And that's not because the Undertone. <laughs> it's not because they've got 15 minute long songs that go, you know, go on seemingly endlessly and, and cyclically. And, uh, it, but it, it, you can hear the influences on Tool. You can tell that they've listened to Van der Graaf Generator. They're massive King Crimson fans. You can hear it. Um, yeah, but you don't, get in, you don't get into prog by association, can you? Well, no, you don't. But if you've taken those influences and made something of your own out of them, uh, then I, that's no longer association. You're, you're, you, you've created your own niche in that particular well, they, prog they, genre. They've become prog, haven't they? You know, they weren't prog on Undertow. Um, I think, I, I yeah. think um, Anima, or however you want to fucking pronounce it. Yeah. Um, I think at that on, on that album, they started to kind of show their horns. There was, yeah. you know, there was intermissions on there and all sorts of weird shit. That's true. Longer songs. Yeah. And then and the next album, which I think is 10,000 Days. No, uh, Lateralist was the Lateralist, one after. Of course. And Lateralist is just, yeah. Well, that's where the Hello. Crimson influence came in. And, and then and they went out on tour King Crimson supported them across the states which is just mind blowing sorry I should, I should say Crimson is my favourite band of all time so I, yeah, I probably oh, talk right. about them a bit a bit too much than, you know, more than I should um, but you can hear uh, on laterals that they took the weird time signatures and the weird uh, Robert Fripp intervals and just you know to use a cliche, they turned it up to 11 uh, and just made it a lot heavier. Um, Laterals is probably where they turned prog. I would agree with you that, you know, on them. Uh, uh, ah, that's, that's, how we, that's how you're pronouncing is it? Well, well, that's how I'm pronouncing it today. You know, the difference <laughs> yeah, right, okay. Um, um, yeah, I, I would agree with you. It's not particularly prog. No, but it's, there's, there's, just, but there's kind of like leanings in there. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. lateralist, I'm, well, okay, so we've agreed on that. That's good. So, Mastodon, Mastodon. Metal Hammer or Prog? Or full page feature for Metal Hammer, half a page <laughs> <laughs> Prog. You nailed it there, yeah. I, they're, they're more a hammer band, in, in, in my view. In the traditional uh, sense. In the traditional they're covered sense. Covered in tats. They're, they're all, they're, you know, most of them yeah. have got long hair. They're beardy bollocks, um, yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. And Brent Hines can, can give it the old Jews priest on metal and oh, I don't totally, listen to metal yeah, yeah, yeah. as much as he likes. Yeah. Um, and also, oh, is it prog festivals you're playing? Oh, no, that's right. You, you know, you're touring with Gojira, not a fucking bunch of folk music. Yeah. Well, Gojira are pretty prog as well. Now, mm. Yeah, we're we're into the whole no, well, that, what is prog well, thing. Well, that, well that, that was that's what, that was where this started. Yeah, but we've gone we've gone down the rabbit hole here. Well, yeah, I know, but that's 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 the whole point. Eventually, we find a rabbit and kick the shit out, make a pie. Um, but the the thing the thing is is when you go down that you know like now 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 we're down that that prom rabbit hole. Um, Gajira, our Gajira prog. Right, right now, now Opeth are prog, aren't they? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I think they pretty much have been since still life. 
Right, okay. I'm, I'm not an aficionado right. on Opeth. Um, Mark, I'm from Loves them, but. Um, Right. They've certainly they've embraced more of the seventies prog ethos on the last three albums. Right, much to the chagrin of a lot of their fans. Yeah, um, but I think they, they they've never hidden the fact that they're massive fans of Jethro Tull and, uh, and, and classic bands like that and Genesis. Um, you can hear that in their music. It's just it's more obvious now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, definitely prog. Right. Okay. Well, we're, we're we're agreed on that. That's fine. Um, but other than that, on the over tool. Who was the other band we were just talking about? Gojira. Gojira. Yeah. Now that that's an interesting one because that that for me, I I, I would never make that connection at all. I think if you're a naive listener and you've never you, you don't know much about metal or prog, for example, you you would listen to that and go, okay, I can hear how that would be metal because it's loud and it's obnoxious and it's in your face but also I, it's not in a, it's not a 4-4 four, four beat it's not it's not I don't know what to do with this that's so, progressive so, right so you're 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 assigning you're assigning um uh, certain beats super, super, super certain, certain, certain beats to, yeah. to proc as well well yeah that certainly comes into it I mean time signatures uh, and technical proficiency um yeah, okay, if you want to add song length in there, then we can do song length. But basically, it's uh, time signatures and technical proficiency would, would be the, the main calling card. So, something of a prog like, band. so you say something like Call of Cthulhu would, would, yeah. is, is, is a prog song. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm, going, I'm going with you because um, now, we, now we're going to enter the dangerous territory of bands who've done prog songs but aren't prog bands. Yeah. <laughs> There's your first one <laughs> Metallica. Um, Metallica are hugely influenced by Rush. And Rush are one of yeah. the, one of the uh, ultimate prog bands you could possibly think of. Yeah, but I think they're more influenced by Motorhead. And Diamond Head and Bungie. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. But it's still there. Oh, uh, I mean, Master, Master of Puppets, the title track. That's prog. It goes through all these changes. It goes true dynamic yeah. shifts, yeah, okay. and changes Acoustic in timbre. Section. Yeah, I mean no flute, but you know. <laughs> I always thought it needed a flute. No, no, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe they'd have a Grammy now if they had a flute on, uh, on, a, on a Justice for All. Yeah, a they could be riding on the crest of a wave now, couldn't they? Couldn't they just very good? Yeah, yeah. They could have had a, a flute on one. You know, in the background there. <laughs> Might have got that Grammy a year earlier. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's hard to play a flute when you've no arms over. Yeah, very good point. Very good point. It's hard, so play, it's hard, it's hard to play drums if you're Lars Ulrich. Me out. Well, no, it's just it's, it, Malcolm mentioned on the um, on the Christmas podcast. He mentioned that he, he went to see him at the O2. He was thoroughly unimpressed. Yeah, so visually it was stunning. Yeah, but he said one song started. And they got about two bars in. And James stopped the song and said, "Lars, do you want to decide what time signature the song is?" And I and you know now I've told that to a few people and they've laughed. Um, or no, like, but for me. That's tragic. Hundred pound a ticket or not? Yes. Fifty quid a ticket. What I expect my musicians to be able to play the songs. Yeah. You know. Now you can say what you like about Lars. Lars fans out there. Lars people stand by him. You know to the very end, and people are like whatever. You can say what you like. Right? But the facts are. Think of all your other favourite drummers and how often their bands have to stop playing a song and restart it because they are so badly out of time. Yeah. And the answer is none. Just one, Mr. Alden. Mm. You know, prime example. 
of no practicing means becoming shit. You know, it, it's just so. Anyway, sorry, got off on a complete tangent. But yeah, that's that's why I was making that comment. Yeah. Um, about Metallica, it's just like yeah, that was just. Unbelievable to me. Yeah, absolutely unbelievable. Uh, just uh, to go back to the Gujera thing. Please do. I was talking about you know. If I, look, 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 you are if, in charge of this interview. That's quite clear. Okay, <laughs> you're better at this than me. So uh, yeah, wherever you want to go, wherever you want to steer it, you yeah, can go yeah. for it. All right. Just okay. stop me disappearing down the rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, just to go back to talking about um, looking at from from a naive listener's point of view, if you hear Gujera for the first time, it's heavy, by the way, it's don't heavy. mean you guys. He doesn't mean you lot. It doesn't mean you lot. It means <laughs> naive listeners. Okay, that's yeah, not yeah, you no, guys. Yeah, yeah. no, you're good. Um, someone that that isn't particularly a fan of metal doesn't understand what prog is. They would hear that this is not a four-four beat. Yeah. It's in your face. You know, they, they wouldn't really know what to do with it. But there's a really interesting uh, YouTube channel, which I've discovered a few months ago, called Lost in Vegas. Right. Okay. Have you heard of this? I have not. No. It's two guys, uh, the two black guys there. Okay, yes, YYZ. I watched them. They are hip-hop fans. Yes, yeah, and you can you can see them, their reactions to listening to Slayer. Exactly, they do reaction and, videos. Yeah, and they've gone fucking huge. The, the, the Megadeth Holy Wars video... Went over a million views the other day, right? Okay. And it's just a delight to watch because I mean they love this stuff. Um, they've got no idea they, what it is. They, yeah, they have yeah. no context for it, and they're always asking for for information. But I from, love from, I love the way that I love the way they deconstruct it from a, from a, a, a musician's point of view. Yeah. Like when they're deconstructing YYZ. Yeah. They just cannot stop themselves, can they? Yeah, like, yeah. They keep stopping, going. This is yeah, yeah. amazing. Yeah. This is like groove, yeah. fantastic. Yeah. You know, and they're seeing it from a completely different musical angle. I mean, if anyone, you know, if any of you want to uh, check out some of that stuff, I'll warn you. It's a YouTube rabbit hole, isn't it? Yeah, you yeah, watch yeah. one video, and it's just like it's like fucking heroin. Oh, <laughs> let's have some more. Um, it really is just it's great stuff. It, it, it's so good. So I just it, recently it, discovered it too. It, it, it's um, it's kind of reinvigorates my love of metal as yeah, well when I see them you yeah, know yeah. they're listening to um, Seasons in the Abyss and they're going what the fuck is this well, you know what's what's going on here and they have to stop it and they have to start laughing because it's just like oh my god that was so good man that was hot that's fire and they have they, they have their own little catchphrases that you get yeah. to because they, they just want people to be free thinkers they want people to come objectively at music don't have any baggage when you come and listen to this yeah. song by Metallica or whatever just listen to it for what it is and yes. if you come from a hip hop background or fucking country and western background it doesn't matter listen to it hear the artistry in it yeah. and just enjoy it for what it is and it's made me really kind of go back to when I first discovered you know uh, Rain and Blood or, or uh, uh, you know Countdown to Extinction or something yeah, like that and I'm, yeah, I, I yeah. go whoa Jesus yeah I used to feel like that when I first heard it do you know what you're absolutely right because when you've been listening to something for 20, 30 years you take it for granted you, yeah you, you take it for granted and then you see these guys listening to it for the first time and, and the points they're making you, and you're thinking 
sometimes you think well I've always thought that it's nice yeah, yeah. it's nice to hear it again but then they make other points you go yeah do you know what that change is fucking amazing yeah, and, yeah. I've, and I've been taking it for granted and now I, I think right every time I listen to this song I'm going to give that time change there I'm going to give yeah. that the reverence that it's due yeah. you know instead of just letting it wash over me because I've heard it hundreds and hundreds of times yeah no, you're absolutely right but also they don't have the uh, terminology to talk about it I mean we understand riffs what, what, yeah riff we understand riffs and breakdowns and stuff like that yeah. they just talk about this progression or this transition yes. yeah 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 yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah it doesn't matter I mean, the words are different but they, they mean the same thing they mean the same thing but when you kind of pigeonhole something and put a name on it it takes away its magic but birds they're coming at it from the first time they're, they're, this song has just gone from here to a complete 90 degree angle and they're going oh my god did you hear that progression and it's just like yeah it's fucking amazing isn't it you know it, yes it's, it's, I felt proud I felt mm-hmm. when I when I when, I, when I, I felt I felt proud of being a metalhead you know when yeah, I sat yeah. there watching them yeah, like, yeah, listening, yeah. listening, listening yeah, yeah. to um, Angel of Death for the first time and stuff like that yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're just absolutely freaking out and I just realised I was watching it and I'm, as I am now with a huge smile on my face just thinking like this is this is you know we did that do you know yeah, I mean? yeah, we yeah. did that as a community as a metal community exactly. of which Slayer are a product of that we, you know we and did that and it has the, objective worth that can be, yes. can be looked on outside the community yeah yeah it's almost like um, well it's funny I, I got a weird kind of satisfaction when um not when Chris Cornell died, but the reaction to it when you saw because uh, you know for me it's like it's one of us. It's yeah, like yeah. it's a metal dude, sound girl, you yeah. know, audio slaves, metal dude. And then when he died, to see the wide range of praise, you know, Elton John and yeah. all of these, all of these like titans of the music industry, not of metal, but of the music industry as a whole, saying voice of a generation voice of an angel what an incredible and it, 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 it again I was kind of proud I was like yeah, yeah. you know yeah he was he was in a metal band and but look at all the other stuff he did look how he crossed over mm-hmm. look at what a, a great artist he was you know and it, for me it was a case of it was a case of the mainstream kind of going you know wow yeah and, and you know, it was always lead singer of Soundgarden so there'll, there'll be people who heard who knew who he was that he died that they've got to check out Soundgarden yeah. because they wouldn't have been aware of that yeah. and I just think that is it's, it's always awesome when 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 metal is able to, to, to cross over and, yeah. and break out into that. I, I think basically where everyone is insecure and we're all looking for validation and if, if, if what you're talking about there is having the metal community validated by a and other uh, and that, that's why we, social media is such a big thing we want to have our um, points of view put out there and someone to like it or to retweet it or we, we, we want to be loved basically well, we, we but we also be... want to we also want to create the version of ourselves mm. yeah, without yeah, yeah. any flaws and that's unfortunately right. that's what social yeah, yeah. media does as well yeah 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 because you're they're... putting a veneer over, over your people's true yeah, emotions yeah absolutely so it, well, it's personas yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know it's called a profile yeah. and, it, and, it, and it is exactly it's not you yeah it's it's you know it's it's not it's not who you are it's who you want to tell the world you are yeah but it, it, it's like fish coming on stage uh, of the Hammersmith Odeon on the recital of the scripture with face paint on he's playing a role but he's also hiding his true self so that he yeah. can 
project something different. Well, it wasn't until he left Marillion that, and for a few a few years after, that it was like, well, it's 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 Derek William Dick. Everybody knows who it is. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and you know, there was a period there where if you met him, it was like, well, do I call him Derek or do I call him Fish? Yeah. yeah. You know where it was almost like, well, he was standing on his own two feet. Now he was a solo artist and he didn't really need to be that character with face paint on anymore. Although he'd stopped with the face paint by Mr. Face Childhood. Yeah. Um, for those exact reasons, I remember him saying this, well, he didn't want people coming to see the room just to see the freak in the makeup. Yeah. Um, which, uh, yeah, that sounds a bit like a bad decision as well. Um, but but, but it, it, it didn't work either because he... he He's always been known as Fish from Marillion. He's never yeah. been known as Fish. He's never had his own real identity in the mainstream. Well, all his we, art, in all his the prop community, we understand who Fish is. Yeah. But, you know, if, if he's on Never Mind the Buzzcocks or something, he's always Fish from Marillion. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, and it's funny you should say that about um, the, the prog community. Because um, when I went to see him recently, I was, I was checking a few vids out on YouTube, and, and the comments are just like this guy's, you know, Godfather of Prague, a legend of Prague, and it's it's just it's it's immense. It's really immense. Yeah. The the you know, because a lot of people think his career pretty much finished after Brilliant, but um, I mean, I've got a few of the solo albums. I've dipped in and dipped out of his solo career. Yeah, um, but some of his solo stuff at its best is oh, it's, it's stunning. Some, some of it is stunning. Sunsets on Empires. Is a That's my favorite. Album. Yeah, yeah, brilliant album. That's a brilliant album. I mean, that and Vigil yeah. for me are well. Vigil's the best album Brilliant never made. Yeah, um, but Sunsets on Empires is you know the Ballad of Johnny Punter. There's an there's an album. Yeah, yeah. That is, Although, funny enough, the, doesn't, have, doesn't have quite the same impact if you listen to that song on YouTube, where the lyrics are different. Ah, right. Yeah, yeah. That, uh, that incredibly that's powerful, a shame. that yeah. incredibly powerful opening. Yeah, yeah we're, we're not we're not going to recite it here. Not, no, <laughs> we're not. Um, the song is the Ballad of Johnny Punter for, for you listeners. If you want to check it out, you won't be. You can find it on YouTube. But the first, the opening line, the really powerful opening line in lyrics, is censored on YouTube. But it's a completely different line. So the only way to try it down is either buy the song somewhere else or be able to stream it somewhere else and you'll hear exactly what we're talking about. Um, but have you seen how they started that tour? No. Live. There's a, there's a great video on YouTube because um, the song's called The Ballad of Johnny Punter yeah, yeah. and um, the band one by one come on the stage and they're just playing that riff yeah, yeah. and the drummer's just tapping a hi-hat oh, yeah, and they yeah. just keep playing that riff and all of a sudden Fish comes through the audience and he walks through the audience with a, with a mag light Right. Like a security guard, and of course he's fucking six foot four. He's bigger than everyone, but he's walking through the crowd. You know, we're, t- we're talking like you know down the front. Everybody's stood up, and he's just walking through them with a mag light shining at them, like he's a security guard looking for someone yeah. with this big evil grin on his face. And then he just climbs up on stage. And the minute he climbs up on stage, it's like you know, drummer counts everything in, and that fucking riff kicks that, in, and yeah. it's just and that, that line comes out. Yeah, yeah, that, oh, it's just huge. Yeah, yeah. it's worth tracking down. Nobody does menace from the stage like Fish did, and yes, yeah. just yeah, an imposing 
towering figure. Um, yeah, yeah, you don't want to be the lad that gets grabbed by the lapels and pulled on stage and ripped apart. No, no, or, or have him right up in your face like I did. Right. Again, I'll tell you about that. Oh, okay. I'll tell you about that off mic. Yeah, looking forward um, to hearing about that. Because everybody here will have already heard the story when they listen to this, so there's no point in repeating it. Um, but um, so one thing I did want to get as well because this is obviously early in the year it's a bit of a boring thing to do so my apologies um, is your highlights of 2017 was there any uh, any standout albums for you standout bands that you've discovered um, right okay I wasn't expecting this one um, right okay well I like to keep everything yeah, unexpected I mean one of the live highlights there's a band called Big Big Train I don't know if you're familiar with them no um, they're they're very much a prog band they don't they don't really touch on metal at all right um, very much in the style of early Genesis oh right uh, but the guitar player is Dave Gregory from XTC oh right okay yeah uh, and they played um, uh, Cadogan Hall I think it was about September and that was just stunning uh, I think they, they sold out um, three days of that uh, they're, they're a band that they're huge in the pro community but again nobody outside of the community would have heard of them because they haven't they haven't impacted on, on, on anyone else's lives but we who love rock love this band and so that, they, those gigs were um, very special um, dig them out. Uh, in terms of albums, I, this, we're on dodgy territory here. <laughs> Anti Cult. Anti Cult was the best album, the best metal album of last year. Right. Okay. And um, because of the uh, accusations and, and the incarceration and subsequent uh, release of Decapitated. I was not able to listen to that album for months and months. Right, okay. Uh, this is, you know, it, it's it's controversial. Um, we don't, no one knows what went on, um, but they have been released, and you know, I, I, I can now wear a decapitated T-shirt without fear of uh, of someone accusing me of of, of being a rape apologist. Um, but it's. <laughs> For so long there, I mean, I, I've loved this band for years. But Anti Cult is just the best thing they've ever done. Right, um, okay. uh, that was my favourite metal album of last year, and I'm glad to get the opportunity to talk about it. Again. Okay, well, yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's that's fucking intense stuff. Like you, you, yes. you, don't, you don't want one of your favourite bands to be accused of gang raping. Um, but, but and yet that's what happened. Yeah, but by the same token. Um, they didn't. The, 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 the case was deemed as so weak it wasn't even worth taking to court. Yeah. So um, now I'm, I, I'm. I'm not saying. I think the whole thing is dodgy to talk about. Um, because, well, as I said, no one knows what went on. So yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Only um, the parties involved. Yeah, yeah, and that's the way it's going to remain. Yeah. Um, so did um, uh, Emperor of Sand make it into your uh, sort of top ten? Yeah, it didn't actually. Really? No. Um, weirdly, I, mean, I, I, I love Mastodon, but uh, I listened to it and it just seemed a bit like Mastodon by numbers to me, and it didn't really impact on me very much. Right, okay. Um, I mean, stuff that I was listening to last year was uh, the last Anathema album, um, and also the, the solo album by uh, Danny Kavanagh from Anathema, which is just fucking amazing. Um, the Roger Waters album, 
Now, do you know what? I keep kicking myself. That's something I still haven't got around to. That, that, I did my um, top 20 for Prog Mag, and Roger Waters hit number two. Wow. It's, it's right, okay. just so reminiscent of the final cut and animals on the wall. But it's its own thing, and, it, and it's produced by um, Radiohead's producer, so it sounds really modern, um, fantastic album. Right, okay. definitely. You need you need to get get your ears around that, yeah. and of course, it's completely anti-Trump as well. And it's, 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 it's it, God bless Rog, he just he just loves getting getting his oar in, doesn't he? Well, he does. And, and the thing is, when I saw him bringing a new album, I was like, wow, how many years is it since he used to death? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a serious, serious gap. Well, I remember when. um, Do you remember when um, 3D sound was a thing? Yeah, yeah. And Sony, Sony were pioneering it, and the idea was that if you had Q sound, Q sound, that's it. If you had your speakers set up just right. You could it, hear the dog. You, you could hear the dog barking yes, yes, as if it was in the garden. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I totally did that, <laughs> and it fucking worked. As well. Yeah, yeah. But the trouble is that nobody wants to stand in one place and listen to a whole album to get that effect the whole way through. Yes. And as soon as you put headphones on, it didn't work. Yeah, yeah. It's like so. That was the end of that. But it was, yeah, so you were, yeah, that's awesome. The dog. The dog. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's like fucking hell. It's behind me. Get brilliant. down, chap. Yeah, that was brilliant. That was absolutely brilliant. Well, I'll definitely, um, I'll definitely chase up Roger. Then. Yeah, because um, you're the second person who said to me, like, "Oh no, you've got to, yeah, you've got to get that." Because yeah. Floyd for me is Floyd with Waters. I'm not really bothered after after he left. Same, um, pretty much the same. Yeah, and I, I mean, I prefer his solo stuff since he left the, the, the Floyd stuff. Yeah. Um, I liked Momentary Lapse of Reason. Um, it was alright. It was alright, yeah, yeah. Um, Division Bell, just, just uh, it sounds like subpar Dire Straits. I like Dire, <laughs> I'd like Dire Straits, sorry, you know. Yeah, you do need to re apologising for that. Yeah, it's alright, you know. I have weird taste. Um, but subpar Dire Straits, just like, nah, I don't want that. Yeah. So, yeah, Division Bell did nothing for me. Um, oh, I'm used to death. Incredible. And um, oh, do you know what? I've just had an idea. I've just got to go. I've, got, I've just got to go right back to uh, our previous conversation. Oh, let's do this. We're going, we're conversation about about prog. Yeah, death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a, as in Chuck human. Yeah, yeah. Because before that, no, not really prog. But human, sound of perseverance, all of that era. Yeah, that's, that's prog, isn't it? Isn't it? It is. Isn't it? I was just thinking, fucking hell. I don't know where that came from. I yeah. do not know where that came from. But uh, yeah, uh, just a light bulb went off in my head and I just thought, oh, I wonder. So um, you reckon, you think we, we'll, put, we'll put them in the, yeah. in the prog bag that well, after their career? They're so fucking heavy though, they have to be in both buckets, don't they? You've got Chuck yeah. with his left foot in prog and right foot in metal. You, you can't really separate death from death metal yeah. say that they're pro but they're certainly progressive death metal there you go yeah there you go. So, but, um, and oh, there was somebody else I was thinking about well obviously Dream Theater are pro that's prog that's, that, that is a that's a given yeah is it really anybody into pro who's listening to Dream Theater going that's too heavy for me really nah, nah. you know I, I, it, it's I don't know, I th- I, I, they've really lost the metal edge for me. Fully enough, I think, yeah. since Portnoy's departure. Yeah, yeah. And the last album, albums, the double album, oh dear. 
you know, I, I haven't even listened to that album. I saw the live show at the London Palladium, um, and it was good, it was enjoyable, but largely forgettable. I couldn't name you a song yeah, but, they're very, but they are very much unforgettable live they always have been it's just yeah. come out stand here play the songs and and I think that's what a, pretty much a dream for the two audience wants just, like, just stand in front of John Petrucci and yeah. jizz off for two hours and then go home yeah you know. it's quite a masturbatory experience it has to be said but um one of the best times I ever saw a dream theatre was in Hammersmith Apollo uh, when they came out for the second half and they played the whole of Dark Side of the Moon. How was that? You were there too. How was that? That was incredible. Yeah. And I have to say, John Pertucci... The second night, because the second night they always do a cover album. Yeah. Yeah. But Pertucci did a phenomenal job of, of uh, doing Gilmore's really tasteful and soulful guitar work. Because this is the... I mean, people can criticise Dream Theater for multiple reasons. Um, but to say that they're technical without soul is not no, true. No, no, there is a lot of soul in that music. Yeah, absolutely. Some, 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 absolutely. Sometimes you have to dig through the, all the you know sixty fourth notes uh, and the weird time six to get at it. But when when Petrucci wants to play a really gut wrenching solo, like lines in the sand uh, from. Oh, I can't remember the album. It's my favourite Dream Theater album as well. Anyway, Lines in the Sand. It's got like a two or three minute long guitar solo that just builds and builds and it's so soulful and beautiful. Um, you know, Gilmore would have, would have been proud of it, but he wouldn't have been able to play the last minute of it because it's too bloody fast. Um, but to criticise Petrucci and the band for not being soulful is just missing the entire Well, point. also, I think, I think the one person who gets forgotten about in Dream Theater is James Labrie. Who yeah. has got a fantastic set of vibes on it um, in the studio? Yeah, uh, yeah, well, yeah. But to be fair, if you're gonna if you're gonna tour, the, and to be fair, they do tour. Mm. If you're gonna tour to that extent yeah. and play three hours a night, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. fucking hell, mate, not a chance. Yeah, you can't I keep can, that up. I can do I can do I can do two gigs in a row. Yeah. It's just forget it. No, so fair, fair point, from a, yeah. from from one vocalist to a well, from a vocalist to a proper singer. I mean, what he does is is inhuman. I mean, it's yeah. fucking amazing. It really is. Yeah. Um, and also the fact that he's getting older and he's still hitting those notes. Yeah. That's you know that's pretty darn impressive. That yeah, really true. Is. Yeah. And um, yeah, I always kind of feel like he, he's sort of he's forgotten about in um, in that band yeah but he's he's a phenomenal which is singer. weird isn't it because he's the front man and he's the vocalist and normally they you know they when you think of the great bands or you do you think of Freddie Mercury and all you know he's been there for years as well I mean he put it this way it's hard it's you know it's like Maiden it's that hard a job they had to get rid of the first guy yeah. <laughs> you know um, I actually saw Dream Theater's first ever UK gig in the marquee wow um, is that the one that was released as uh, an album Oh, good lord, I didn't know, I know it was. I, uh, Well, I know that they did release a live at the marquee, but that, might, that might have been the same. Well, we're talking early 90s, so right. we're talking Images and Words was right. the new album. Right. And they played their first ever UK gig at the marquee, and I drove down with some mates from Newcastle mm. to see the gig. And we were in the marquee, uh, we were in the marquee, um, uh, oh, what's the word? Fucking lounge oh, yeah, again. Foyer, that's yeah. what I'm thinking. We're in the foyer, and they've got TV screens up. Right. 
and, and I was listening and going, oh, well, they're the plane, the plane Dream Theater and the PA, and then we looked at the screens and they were fucking playing. Oh, right, <laughs> they were already on stage, so we piled through. We missed about half the first song. Yeah. Um, and they were fucking brilliant. Right. Um, but that was when, you know, Images of Words came out and everybody yeah. just went, whoa! There's but even you- saxophone on one song. What the hell is this? <laughs> they're a bit up themselves, aren't they? Yeah, I know. It's just like they're breaking every rule of metal. <laughs> Um, when, when Dream Theater are good, they're phenomenal. They're, there's some of their songs and some of their albums I absolutely adore. Like Train of Thought oh, is you, 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 that, that is a stunning progressive metal album. Oh, not just that. It's, it's, a so it's a stunning metal album. Like you said, it's so yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. heavy. People yeah. wouldn't. If you're listening, by the way, and you think Dream Theater met, give a listen to Train of Thought. I mean, that album, fuck me. There yeah. is some, there is such heaviness on that album. People, people are listening who haven't. Um, it just think of Dream Theater as like and all that, you know. It's, oh, train of thought is it's, at times it is brutal. Yeah, it's the only word for it. Yeah, it's brutally heavy in places, and not just brutally heavy for Dream Theater. Brutally heavy. Yeah, you know, it's just yeah. No, no, you're absolutely right. That is a that's a, just a touchstone of an album. Yeah, you know, it's just phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. God, I love that album. I'm gonna have to. Yeah. I'm gonna have to. That's not on my phone. I'm just getting that on my phone. Yeah. Um, I, I know. I know. I've got. I've got a show tonight. I'm gonna put Train of Thought on the CD player. I'm gonna try, and, and I will be driving to that show going, Fuck it yeah. now! I forgot about this. Oh, I forgot about this. I forgot about this. Yeah. Oh, what's the last song? In the name of God, is that the one? Yes. Yeah. Jesus Christ, that is heavy lyrically and. You know, in terms yeah. of the sentiment as well. Jesus, that's a piece of music. I think it's about thirteen minutes long or something. Well, yet again, and, a, and as a way of encouraging people to listen to it, it is it is when ba- members of the band were drinking. As we all know, <laughs> we all know we like our musicians drunk and drugged up. Yes. Because when they get cleaned up, they release dog shit. Well, I, I'm very <laughs> much of Bill Hicks' view on this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ah, right. Yeah. Yeah. You're uh, you're pushing against uh, an open door there with uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. with uh, with Bill Hicks as far as I'm concerned. Right, yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. That's that is, you know, um, because then, you know, Portnoy then went off down. I mean, you know, when he was going through the twelve steps. Yeah. Um, I'm, tr- I'm trying to remember the name of the concept album. Um, uh, six degrees of separation, or six, uh, deg- six degrees of inner, inner turbulence. Oh, possibly the one that's almost like a play, but it's oh, um, scenes from a memory. Yes, yes, scenes from, and and it's like that's basically the twelve steps. You know, it's just yeah. you go through all through it, and it seems to remember he's just asking for forgiveness, or and it's like after a while you're just like, oh, yeah, yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. turn it in, man, <laughs> really, really seriously. Do you know what I mean? You can't make amends with everybody. You can't make amends with the bloke who runs a newspaper stand where you used to live, and you were nasty to him that time. You know, it's just ah, oh. it's, well, it's weird, isn't it? Because you know, people get obsessed with their with their with their vices. And and yeah, and you hear all about it, and that's fun. It creates this wonderful stuff that we love. But then you hear about you know people become obsessed with the cure, which is you know either God or something else. Oh, I thought, I thought you meant like Robert Smith. Right? No, 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 definitely not. And then and then you have to hear about how you know how wonderful it is to be you know to be clean again or finding God, and you think, yeah. oh no, no, please. It's like when Creedence re- you know released Empire after. Um, Minecraft. After Minecraft, Minecraft is like this gritty, fucking, really incredible fucking metal album. 
and then you get Empire and songs like Jet City Woman where it's like you know you know I'll be flying home to my Jet City Woman you think oh really oh, oh dear oh dear <laughs> success has hit it's yeah yeah no it's it's the devil's music you, and you, you've got to be a little bit evil and keep the evil in your life in order to keep the music good yeah uh, you, you know Neil Morse uh, he's a progressive rock musician it's phenomenal musician amazing keyboard player singer uh, writer but he was in Spock's Beard and Spock's Beard did amazing work up until an, uh, an album called Snow and then Neil Morse found God and he started writing very evangelical songs he, he, like, he, he's written two concept albums called Testimony 1 and Testimony 2 basically about his uh, discovery of, of Jesus and you know fair play to you man because he, he was on a, on a he wasn't borderline alcoholic I and mean, he was having trouble in his life and so he found, he's, he he's found swapped you. addictions like most people yeah, do well, yeah. he's swapped addictions yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I'm happy that he's happy but the music is just well, yeah. the music is still as good, but I just can't listen to it anymore. Do, do you know what? Do you know the feeling I get from that kind of stuff? Yeah. It's like when your friends rock, rock up with a new kid, right, their new yeah. baby. Right. Now, that's great, and I'm happy for you, but I don't need to hear it every time yeah. I see you. And it's that it's that with the music. It's like, okay, I'm happy for you. Yeah. But could you do a song about something else now? Yeah. Something that I can relate to. I'm, you know, like I said, back to your best friends. I'm really happy for you. I like you, therefore I'm happy for you. But give it a fucking rest for five minutes. Yeah. Oh, we can walk and can eat. So can I. Big fucking deal. Do you know what I mean? Great. We'll be able to run soon away from the police. You know, it, it's just. Yeah, I, I, I know exactly what you mean. It's just kind of like you just start tuning out. Yeah. I mean, if, if the music is still good as it was then, then I can still listen. But I, I fell out with that guy uh, because I saw him do a gig and his daughter. Um, had a hole in her heart and physically or emotionally no no physically right. uh, and apparently it was healed by God it was nothing to do with the surgeons that helped to fix her heart it, this was a divine intervention and he was, and he, was he, he stopped the song and started going on for about 10 minutes about how great God was for saving his daughter now if that's what you believe then fine you believe what you want but I love your music just play your music I, I, I'm I don't go to church because I fucking hate religion. I, I've had your gig. Don't fucking preach to me. Well, what about... I mean, A, totally agree. And B, what about the guy in the crowd whose daughter with a hole in the heart died? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was wrong with her? Yeah, yeah. What, oh, what, she, what, she was fucking evil, was she? Yeah. I mean, fuck off. Yeah, keep, yeah no, exactly. Your keep it to yourself. had a better fucking surgeon. Yeah. Not better. Um, yeah. yeah, well, no, absolutely. Well, funnily enough, I thought you were going to go back to, like, like, I've fallen out of that band because... I, and I thought it's actually going to bring us right back to the beginning because what we're talking about is lyrics and music again. Yeah. And how... The, the, the you know the lyrics have changed over time and, and become one dimensional and something you can't get on board with and you've you know yeah. you've drifted away from 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 that artist yeah and there you go I guess we're back to we're back to where we started which is a lovely point to um, to wrap things up where you know yeah lyrics are important so fuck you yeah <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, so, so, yeah, yeah, all right, okay, yeah, yeah. Not, not, not my greatest moment. <laughs> um, 
well look uh, Chris it's been great having you on um, thank Thanks you very for much for your time and, uh, and congratulations on your news thank you and uh, look really appreciate it let's do it again sometime absolutely be a pleasure nice one mate thank you very much yeah. cheers H cheers and that was quite the chat, wasn't it? Quite the conversation, disappearing up all sorts of, um, of, of alleyways there. Um, but really good to catch up with Chris. And I've, I've since actually managed to, um, uh, come, uh, meet up with him a few times. In fact, he's, he's come along and, um, and done the pub quiz that I do. Um, and, um, fully, so <laughs> first time he was there, we had some bottles of wine to give away. And, um, uh, I put a question out to everybody. Can anybody name a um, punk metal industrial band from Quebec, Canada? And of course, the whole room was just completely like, huh? And Chris, Chris just sort of puts his hand up slowly and goes, um, Voivod? <laughs> really convincingly like, oh, I'll just, I'll just put this very, very, very good. So, uh, Always nice to, um, always nice to be able to give people free things that you know. Um, speaking of which, free things. This podcast is free. It is completely free. Or you can also, also, if you're a re- really, really nice human being, you could, uh, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Howard H. Smith and bung me five dollars a month or three pounds seventy as it works out in real money and that would be really cool. That would help me to continue to do this. That would help me keep the uh, advertising off the podcast. But do you know what I've decided? Do you know what is coming back? Do you know what is going to be happening? I'll tell you what. I am going to do a... I'm, I'm going to put a song on the end of the podcast. There are. There, I'm going to start putting music back on the podcast because, fuck it, why not? Not going to ever make any money off YouTube, so I can I can hand, handle all the uh, copyright infringements that I like. Um, fuck it, why not? Why not? Indeed. So um, there is going to be a song coming at you in a minute. Um, for those of you that are signed up on Patreon, um, there is loads of stuff coming out as usual on the first of um, uh, the month. There will not be a podcast extra straight away because I can't fucking record it. I am absolutely... I mean, this has been cobbled together like a fucking patchwork quilt. So you would not believe the problems behind the scenes here. But as soon as I've got my laptop up and running, I will be putting the podcast extra out. That will come out to all you Patreon listeners. Um, sooner rather than later, as, as soon as I can get a fucking working computer, frankly. Um but anyway, look, go, going back to um, just thank you very much, guys. Um, I hope you've enjoyed this one. It's been um, two long old interviews there. So it's a, it's a decent, chunky podcast. I hope you, um, hope you all, uh, all appreciate that. I know you appreciate it, OK? And the Beyond special will be coming this month. That is a three-hour, that's another three-hour special. Um, although I'm going to label it up for you quite easily because there is basically the first hour is myself and Godless on the row on the M1 to Derby. The second hour is me and the whole of the beyond for about 10 minutes. Then John the singer has to leave and myself and uh, Andy, Jim and Neil carry on. 
um, for the rest of the hour. So, and then there's an hour the following day of podcast, uh, of podcast, of Godless and I, um, doing a podcast on the M1 from Derby back to London. Um, so yeah, you know, fuck you, Jerry Seinfeld and your comedians in cars. I'm going to do talking metal in cars and fuck it. Yeah. That's my idea. I'm putting that out there. Um, hope you enjoy though. It's, it's, I'm, I really, really enjoyed doing it. Um, it should, it sounds pretty good as well. I've got, um, clip mics now. So I hung the clip mics over the, um, uh, sun visor. So we have both had a mic just hanging down in front of us. So, you know, the, the, the quality of the recording is pretty good. Um, so yeah, I mean, look, that's a special. That's coming later. That's coming later. And, um, the extra podcast for all you extras, that's coming soon. And, and just look, thank you very much, everybody. You know, I love doing this. You know, I love you all. Um, the, um, my night with Howard H. Smith, essentially talking bollocks on the road up in Glasgow at Audio. Um, that is the club Audio. It's called Audio. Uh, in Glasgow. Still got some tickets left for my show on the 1st of April. So if you feel like getting your asses in gear and sorting that out, that would be marvellous. It'd be good to see you. Um, so finally, it's just thank you as always, wherever you're listening to this, wherever you're bouncing about. Um, it's a pleasure, an absolute pleasure. Um, this time, not so much. Gotta be honest, this has been a pain in the fucking ass sorting this podcast out. It's been, and it's still not sorted out. I'm sat here jabbering away to a tiny little fucking tablet. Um, it's just doing my head in. Then I've got to upload all of this and get it, get it across to Craig who can hopefully piece it together and um we can get this motherfucker out there before the end of the month because i've never ever missed a month and i really don't want to miss this one so um that's it that's the final to do just wanted to say that in honor of the special coming up this month um that is the beyond i wanted to um yeah i wanted to put a little beyond track on the end so i have and this is one of my favourite songs of theirs. It's off the first album, Crawl, which was a classic. They were brilliant, by the way, but I'm going to talk more about that in the special rather than on here. So, here you go from the album Crawl. This is The Beyond and One Step Too Far. <laughs> 